Okay, this is the Doc of the Rizom. And um, just starting up here uh, early, super early, about 4.16 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, I was going to record earlier, but there was so much going on yesterday with the elections and, uh, or the elections. States of America. And so I got kind of caught up in that and um, didn't really um come in and sit down and start doing my stuff so i had the night off and i've been just watching tv and uh kind of hanging out and i thought well you know now's a good time as any to get in here and uh put out a new episode of silver and gold uh which is a podcast about uh movies and Oh, pop culture, uh, and generally just me shooting the shit a little bit about uh, life in general and things going on, and uh, feed, or um, answering questions from our uh, group of silver and gold miners down deep in the canyon, uh, down deep in the mine, digging the ore every day, watching uh, movies and watching TV shows and, uh, you know, just the um, on that note, I don't have too much to talk about as far as what's going on. Just, uh, you know, the usual riding the motorcycle, uh, walking on the trail with Mary, the dog, and that's about it. Um, but let's get into the movies because last last episode went like three and a half hours long. <laughs> so I'm thinking maybe, uh, you know, uh, well, I, I literally just don't have that much to talk about. So um, other than what's going on with the cinema, um, we had and one of the first things I wanted to mention, and this is probably going to take a while because I'm going to go over some different movies and things like that is um, the passing of Sean Connery. Uh, at age 90 years old and um, it really felt um, like a it's weird um, because you know you don't know the person or anything and I'm sure they had their flaws uh, just like every other human being um, but as far as my generation and the generation before even the generation after mine or whatever um, Sean Connery has been such a huge part of our lives and a lot of that has to do with him uh, playing James Bond being the original James Bond if you don't count the TV show that had uh, poker Jimmy Bond <laughs> but um, I want to get a little drink here I'm already I'm already getting that scratchy feeling in my throat so I have some um Gatorade Frost, which is Glacier Cherry. And it's really cold, so that's good. Plus it keeps your electro electrolytes in uh, balance, I think, or something. I was told by a pharmacist friend of mine, um, who was also a Sean Connery fan. Um, Sean Connery... Like I said, when when I heard that he passed and I had seen pictures of him lately, he had retired from making movies 
and you know 90 years old uh, i'd seen some pictures of him and you know just like any other human being i mean or any other living being on the planet earth it, it was just a matter of time and you knew it was coming um he seemed to have lived a really full and you know good life and uh some of the interviews I've seen with him, he's pretty funny, um, had a good sense of humor and was an intelligent person. I, I remember uh, seeing an interview with him and he said, you know, uh, when he was like playing, um, I don't know, rugby or football or whatever um, and acting one of the big things he loved to read and he would go to, he would find like the a little public library or before he became famous and he, and go and find interesting stuff to read. And, uh, that I think he said that helped him with his acting too. Um, I was just going to scroll down and look at some of the, you know, a lot of these are going to be, uh, of course, movies that we all know and we've talked about before and everything, but this is such a, a huge moment. And like I said, I just felt like my heart just kind of, you know, just sag a little bit. And I guess everybody kind of feels that way when famous people from their generation or that they've grown up with uh, pass on. And this, you know, it's it's bad when... Um, Say like when somebody like James Dean, Janis Joplin, Jim Morrison, uh, Jimi Hendrix, um, whoever you know, if you're from a different generation, you know, I, I know there, are, I knew a lot of people that were younger of the younger generation that were really, you know, broken up about Paul Walker getting killed in a car wreck, uh, or um, even uh, that uh, the guy Ryan Dunn that was from the Jackass. Um, one of my friends was really you know, upset about that because he loved that show and just felt like, you know, watching MTV and everything that, but, you know, like I said, that was kind of more his generation. And it is sad, both of those situations, no matter what. John Belushi, for, for from when I was younger, a big, um, two of the big ones that I, right off the top of my head I can think of were uh, Elvis and John Wayne. And then later on, uh, I think it was when I was like in high school, uh, John Lennon getting shot um, and things like that. But um, one of the reasons that Sean Connery, other than, you know, the, his iconic performance is 007. And that's one thing, you know, I brought up, but there was kind of like a love-hate relationship that he had with those movies and um, mostly with after the, you know, first few, I think he said, you know, the, that the scripts kept getting, you know, shittier and shittier and they weren't well thought out or even well written. And they were just writing them on the fly. It seemed like what he was saying and, and, you know, that's why he wanted to get out of it. And he wasn't just a, um, uh, you know, a pretty face and an action star, even though he started out, uh, as a bodybuilder back, you know, in the early, not, I shouldn't say early days of bodybuilding. Cause it goes all the way back to, you know, who knows when, um, uh, but, um, he was an athlete and he was a handsome man and everything, but he was also a very, very good actor. Um, and an Oscar, Oscar winner for, uh, his role in, um, the untouchables. Okay. Let's go down through here and take a look at some stuff. Of course, you know, there was a lot of TV, TV, um, shows 
when he started out when he was really young. Uh, Hell Drivers, I he wasn't like the main person in that, but I still have not seen that one. And that's one that I, that was 1957, and I would like to kind of make a note of that one. I've been wanting to see it for quite a while. Uh, it had Stanley Baker. Um, let's see who else. Uh, Patrick McGowan. Uh, Jill Ireland. Okay, let's see who else is in this one. David McCallum, who was probably married to Jill Ireland at the time, or at least, uh, you know, pursuing her because that's before they were married before, uh, she like left David McCallum for Charles Bronson. But anyway, this movie, what's this, uh, rookie truck, uh, a rookie trucker tries to expose his boss's rackets. Like I said, I would, I would like to check this one out. I need to make a note of it and try and find it on YouTube or on, um, some platform for free. Um, <laughs> gotta be for free, Daddy O. Uh, and then the f- next thing, I remember um, Darby O'Gill and the Little People being on TV a lot when I was a little kid. Uh, that's 1959. But I, and I'm sure we probably watched it. It was probably on. I don't remember shit about it. Um, it was probably on uh, WTBS, uh, Turner. You know, it's now Turner Classic Movie. Well, not Turner Classic Movies because WTBS still exists. But when Ted Turner owned WTBS, you know, they showed a lot of old movies all the time. And this I remember being on like Sunday morning and things like that. But I just don't remember too much about it um, other than it had like um, yeah, like little leprechauns and stuff. And, and uh, I think Sean Connery actually he might have. uh, uh did some musical numbers in this, maybe? I'm not sure. But anyway, that's one I'm not sure. <laughs> it almost comes off like a, uh, oh, it is. A, I was going to say like a, a Disney movie. It is a Disney movie. So I'm not sure that's one that I would, unless I was, and I love Sean Connery. Um, as far as being a Sean Connery, you know, completist, as far as his filmography goes, I think I would rather start at a certain point, like maybe Dr. No, or it started hell drivers, but I'm not that much the where I'm going to go back and watch some, uh, like, you know, okay. Time clock. He played welder number one, you know, uh, I might watch that movie and accidentally stumble on it on YouTube and then be like, Oh shit, there's Sean Connery. But you know, he was just a bit player in that one. Um, Let's see. Let's scoot up here. Tarzan's Greatest Adventures. I remember I have a Sean Connery like um, coffee table book that kind of like the Charles Bronson I have, the Robert Redford. I think I have a Paul Newman one. Um, I have one about uh, Italian cinema or Euro cinema. And um, I remember seeing that he was actually in this Tarzan's Greatest Adventures and Tarzan in that one was Gordon Scott. And um, let's see here. And uh, I think Connery is, is a hev- just pretty much a heavy in that one. Gordon Scott. Uh, physical education major. Gordon Weschgul, I guess is what his name was. So Scott probably is a better name. <laughs> I'm not sure. I know I've seen a lot of Tarzan movies again back when I was a kid and I've watched several of them with like uh here recently with like Jock Mahoney and um uh Mike Henry 
And, oh, I'm trying to think who the other dude is um, that I kind of liked, but then he was also the guy that, um, was it Ava Gardner's daughter or something accused the one dude of rape? Let's see here. What was his name? I'll look that up real quick. Tarzan. And, of course, you know, um, the Alexander Skarsgård Tarzan I thought was pretty good. Uh, let me find um, who I'm thinking of here. See all results for Tarzan. Not Casper Van Dien. I don't think I've seen that one. That's, a, you know, of course, a newer one. Motherfucker, bring on the Tarzan. Where the hell he at? Jesus H. Christ, Cristo. Not Gordon Scott. It was Lex Lex uh, Lex Barker, I think. Um, and I have watched several movies with him that are Euro uh, crime movies or just Euro. Like he, he made a lot of movies in Europe. Uh, and then there's some Westerns and stuff. And I really like um, Lex Barker um, in everything I've seen him in, but again, and, you know, separating artist from the art, he had a lot of charisma. He's really good looking and everything. Um, his nickname was sexy Lexi, but, but you have that. There was a, um, a, um, allegate or accusation that from Lana Turner's daughter, let's see. He was married five times. His second wife was actress Arlene Dahl, who, he la who later married Fernando Lamas. His third wife was actress Lana Turner. According to a de detailed allegations in a book written by her daughter, Cheryl Crane, 15 years after Barker's death, Turner uh, ordered Barker out of their home one night at gunpoint after Cheryl, 13, accused him of molesting her over a period of three years. Divorce followed quickly, though no charges were filed, and the couple's 1957 divorce record does not allude to the allegation. However, Barker's Hollywood career largely ended after the divorce. On May 11, 1973, three days after his 54th birthday, he died of a heart attack. Um, so again, you know, uh, I don't know what to make of that other than, you know, he was accused, uh, but not uh by the police or in court in any way and not even in the divorce uh, settlement. So I'm not sure if, you know, I, I, I don't, I believe, you know, if those accusations were made, um, I, I'm, I'm weird about this because I'm, you walk a thin line um, when people say the victim should always be, first and foremost should always be believed. But uh, then there is the line of you're innocent until proven guilty and, you know, no charges, no nothing. But then, of course, you take into account, you know, it's a it's a kid uh, evidence. Uh, if there is any evidence, if there's a absence of evidence or, you know, it's something that would be hard to prove. Uh, depending on what he did, I think I had read somewhere that, maybe he uh 
I, I can't remember if he was like a big drinker. I'm not sure. But like I said, I, I just don't know. I don't want to go too much further into that because, you know, I don't know. He's dead. Uh, I don't know if she's dead or not. Lana Turner, of course, is dead. Uh, but also, you know, who knows what happened. Again, I've watched him recently in, in several movies that I, that I really liked. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think what's... There was one that was in Africa, um, but the ones that I liked were more uh, like the night. I think early '60s is what it seemed, they seemed like. Um, but again, you know, uh, we're I'm just talking about Sean Connery, and I got off on a tangent about Lex Barker, but uh, Sean Connery was in that um, uh, one Tarzan movie. Let's go back where I need to be, my people, my peeps, peepees. <laughs> uh, let's see, Tarzan's Greatest Adventure. Let's see what it says about Sean Connery. Sir Sean Connery's lifelong struggle with baldness seems to have set in early. In several scenes, he appears already to be sporting an obvious comb-over or toupee. Well, from what I uh, remember from an interview I saw of him, I believe he actually said he was wearing a um, uh, hair pieces in Dr. No uh because he was losing his hair and it was getting thin so they would have like a you know uh hair piece i guess kind of glued back on the bald spot or on top and then right there in front i always you know of course when you see dr no he's so young anyway you know you don't think anything of it but i always liked um also because i mean you know i've seen movies where sean connery's worn some shitty wigs and also go, where he's just gone natural and he's either has really thinning hair or he's bald. I like the more natural look. I, I can understand when he was making James Bond. And at that time, you know, um, like say somebody like Yul Brenner uh, and Telly Savalas were two of the most famous guys that shaved their heads completely. Um uh, I don't remember back then guys that were considered sex symbols that actually had like male, the male pattern baldness that was, you know, uh, there was a lot of it. You know, you always had people that had like a maybe receding hairline. But back in that day, it was more, um, I think um, it might have been for from the studios or whatever you, if you go back and look now, I didn't think about it when I was a kid, like watching John Wayne or, or, uh, you know, whoever Frank Sinatra, I'm trying to think of other guys, but there was a shitload of them and they all wore toupees or wigs or whatever. Um, and what's bad is somebody like Burt Reynolds, who was a handsome guy, um, to start with. I mean, he started losing his hair pretty early too. And it wasn't bad. If you go back and watch some of the movies now, of course you can tell. Um, some of the earlier ones like Seamus and White Lightning and things like that, you can't tell as much except for, like say in White Lightning, there's one thing that when the guys have the wig on, uh, you know, when you have regular hair and you're, and you're sweating and, and White Lightning took place in uh, 
in the deep south in the summertime and and gator mccluskey's you know sweating like a pig everybody's sweating like a pig but the sweat doesn't go through and the hair doesn't get wet from the sweat so you know it's it's not like a regular person's you know sweaty head but bert uh you know later on it just got ridiculous and his hair it's like shatner some of those look really bad and uh i was just saw a um a movie poster for Malone and I was thinking God is that you know when it first got really bad because he was probably in his 60s early 60s maybe uh, and the thing was really thick and full coming down to almost his eyebrows and it was black you know and and of course when you reach that age uh, and you start um, having that one solid collar it just doesn't look good but I think Connery from what I could tell about him, he would have rather have not worn any hairpiece or wig or, you know, toupee or whatever you want to call it. Um, he always said, it, you know, it just felt weird, like the resonance of his voice, like he had a hat on or something and it stopped the resonance of his voice. That's just how he felt, you know, when he had like a wig on top of his head. Um, Longest Day, of course, that was a um, big budget um epic with just multiple stars in it um it was like the kitchen sink where they would just get every star they could get and you know they would probably all come on uh and and shoot for like a day unless it was somebody that was in it like a lot uh a lot of the people it was it was kind of like almost like a bridge too far or something where they had uh which was sean sean connery was in that uh you have all those stars making like cameos but i thought that was a really good world war ii movie of course when you size it up to like saving private ryan which can use all the cgi and all the special effects and show all the you know uh gore realistically it doesn't match up as anything like that because it's more you know of the times early 60s they're not going to show you know when red if red buttons get shot or uh anything like that happens you're not seeing limbs blown off you're not seeing bloody squibs or anything like that and i think that spielberg you know with that you know, the D-Day invasion uh, on the beach, and, and uh, he tried to make it as realistic as possible, did a great job of it. But, you know, you can't compare the two. It's kind of uh, just different times. I still find this movie to be really entertaining. Um, and let's see, we had um, Eddie Albert was in that, Paul Lanka, the singer. Uh, let's see, who else? Uh, of course, John Wayne, Sean Connery. Um, and Richard Burton, <laughs> Red Buttons, of course, I mentioned already. Uh, Fabian, Mel Ferrer, Ferrar, uh, Henry Fonda, Steve Forrest, Gert Frobe, uh, Peter Lawford. Who else did we have? Sal Minio, Robert Mitchum. Edmund O'Brien. I mean, there's just a million people in this mother freaka. Uh, George Siegel, Robert Ryan, Rod Steiger, uh, Peter Van Eck. I like him a lot. Uh, he was uh, uh, the guy that played Munt in um, Spy Who Came In From The Cold. Robert Wagner, Stuart Whitman, Jean Wayne, Jean Wayne, 
And then they have a whole bunch of other people. Gary Collins, who was not the football player Gary Collins, but the actor Gary Collins, who later on went to do like daytime uh, talk shows and things like that. Uh, Richard Dawson <laughs> from Family Feud. Um, who else? Got a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people. But Sean Connery's uh, role in that is just, he's one of the guys, he has his moment where he's one of the guys on the... Uh, on the beach, a Scott, Scottish uh, soldier, uh, him and his buddy are, you know, storming the Normandy beaches and and uh, they have their their moment. Like I said, probably shot for one day or, or you know, it might have been a little bit more than that, considering they had such a big um, it was such a big spectacle with all the people on the beach and everything. But still, it was good. It was entertaining. Good movie. Uh, let's see here. A movie, you know, that's you're not going to see. To me, it just seems like, eh, first of all, uh, you have stars now, but those studio system stars, you know, and then they, like I said, having that many, I mean, God, I probably named off over 20 or more. That would be like taking, uh, you know, say 40, 40 or 50 of the, of you know, big Hollywood stars from TV and even like mute, like like I said, with Fabian, you know, uh, or Paul Lanker or whatever, you know, and then throwing in a couple of like famous singers. And I don't know if you'll see that uh, now. Um, let's see. Of course, then there is uh, 1962's Dr. No, which is uh, the first James Bond uh, movie directed by Terrence Young. Um, and of course, it stars uh, Sean Connery. <laughs> Jack Lord. I always like Jack Lord. Um, I still, uh, my sister got me the Hawaii Five-0 box sets, and uh, I can still watch that show. It was, uh, Hawaii Five-0 was like before they, it was from the generation before they really started cracking down in the early 80s with violence on TV. And you had shows like um, SWAT and, um, Starsky and Hutch and things like that and Hawaii Five-0 that, you know, they had the violence and like, you know, people got shot and, you know, killed and hurt and everything else. Um, let's see who else was in this movie here. Ursula Andres, of course, in her bikini underneath the mango tree, me honey and me. I have not watched Dr. No in quite a while. Um, I think it's great. Uh, like I said, for the, you know, for uh, the nostalgia of it. It's not my favorite Bond movie, um, but it is definitely, you know, iconic. It's the first one. And um, you even had a little uh, uh, nod to it in the Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Hanks movie, Catch Me If You Can, um, where DiCaprio, he's a, you know, a young con man, and he actually goes out and, and uh, buys the uh suit that um sean connery wore in dr no uh but it's it's still a good movie and it's the one that set the standard for all the you know gadgets and uh <laughs> bond being a misogynistic you know uh but back then i mean you know it wasn't it, it just wasn't considered it was a different time not excusing it or anything but uh bond was pretty much a fucking uh hedonistic fucking uh I don't know, smack, and, and to some extent, you know, I saw an interview with Connery, with Barbara Walters, and 
she read an interview um, that he had given or a, a quote that he had given to a magazine or something about um, uh, he didn't think it was uh, wrong to smack a woman. And then, of course, he had to go, he went to explain it. And I don't know if he explained it in a good way or a bad way or how could you. But, I mean, his thing was um, if, say, from what I got of it is like, say you're in an argument with uh, your your wife or your girlfriend or whatever, and she's hysterical and she just, you know, screaming and screaming or whatever, or say she gets physical with you or whatever. But I mean, Connery's thing was then if you give her a good smack, you know, a good slap or whatever, he said he didn't, he thought that there was nothing wrong with that. And she was, of course, Barbara Wawa was like, you know, uh, you know, I, don't, I, I didn't love that quote or whatever. And he's like, well, I don't go around smacking my wife. And, and uh, you know, he said he didn't, you know, punch her or whatever. He, he never, he said he never had smacked his wife, probably smacked her on the ass. I, I guarantee you that. But um, he just said, you know, you, if if you give them the last word, they they're never they're never satisfied with the last word, and they want the last word again and again and again. And he said, and then uh, in that circumstance, I don't think there's anything wrong with giving them a good smack. And I just remember her saying. Boy, you're gonna get a lot of mail about that about that quote, and he goes, "Might get some free mail." <laughs> so you know, I don't know how far Bond was from uh, from Connery, because that's one thing about the the 007 character was he would uh, uh, bitch slap uh, a a woman uh, who uh, he found out was like if she was an enemy agent, or sometimes I can't remember if he paint brushed. You know, when you go forehand and then backhand i think he i think he did but it was usually like i said for somebody that he found out was that he was banging uh and he found out that they were um you know an enemy agent or uh pulling some kind of shit now in that case (laughs) i don't know let's see here um it's a dirty business (laughs) Uh, from Russia with Love. I think this is maybe my favorite James Bond movie. And um, I really like this one because I like um, uh, Robert Shaw's character in this. And also, uh, was it uh, Rosa Klebb? Uh, her whole character. And um, uh, Daniela uh, Bianchi. She was really hot. Uh, really hot. <laughs> Let's see who played Felix Leiter in this. <laughs> if there was any, I don't even know if he was in this one. Felix, Jack Lord played Felix Leiter in uh, Doctor No. Uh, let's see, where's Felix? Some of the um, the uh, new comic books that came out, they got the uh, rights. I don't know if it's Dark Horse or I think it's Dark Horse got the rights to uh, do James Bond comics, and they have a had a. Um, I don't know if they're still going on or not. Um, but they were good. They were, they were, um, you know, original stories and, uh, Felix Leiter, uh, was actually in the James Bond comics and then they spun him off and had him in his own comic and in, um, oh my gosh, it was, uh, I think the Tim, uh, Timothy Dalton one, uh, was it the one with, um, oh, what's his name? Shit. Uh, but 
Felix Leiter, uh, they go and I think to f- and uh, f- going to feed him to the sharks. Um, I think it had Wayne Newton in it and uh, Richard Gere's. Uh, I don't know if they're still married or not. Richard Gere's wife or ex-wife now maybe. But um, in the comic book, uh, Felix has like a bionic hand. So I think they go back to um, you know him getting his hand bitten off or something. Um, but it was good. Any of those uh, those comics were pretty good, I think. Um, let's see. I was going to look and see if Felix was in this, but now I do not see. I would think he'd be up at the at the top there. Um, but anyway, I like this movie. I thought it was really good. Um, let's see here. Whatever. I'm not going to keep looking. That's no fun for you guys. Um, then I'm sure the next one is Goldfinger. Um, no, actually, there's a couple movies in between this that I have not seen. One is uh, Woman of Straw. I don't think I've seen that one. Let me look. Uh, let's see here. Tyrannical but ailing tycoon Charles Richmond becomes very fond. My nose itches. Very fond of his attractive Italian nurse Maria, the nurse. Uh, in turn, falls in love with Charles' ne'er-do-well nephew, Anthony, who plots ways to gain control of his uncle's fortune. And I'm sure that Sean Connery plays Anthony. Uh, let's see here. Where is Sean Connery? Yes. And Ralph Richardson is Sir Charles. Uh, this looks pretty good. Um, this is one of those movies, because I the first things I saw Sean Connery in were James Bond that it was he became so entrenched in my young mind as James Bond that when I watched him in something else especially around this time period when he was actually doing Bond that it was hard for me to watch him play like a heel or an asshole or whatever um but this looks really good this is another one that I I would like to uh um you know make a note of and go back and watch it looks like a good movie directed by Basil Dearden and um, had uh, Gina Lola Brigida is the uh, main chick in that. And she was a very attractive lady back then. Let's move ahead here. And then we have Marnie, which I, I have not seen that one. I think I rented it and I started to watch it a couple times, but I didn't watch it. And I remember it maybe being on TV again on uh, WTBS. And I only got to see a little bit of it, but I didn't, I just remember not liking it because, you know, I expected James Bond, even though I knew it wasn't a James Bond movie, but, you know, you see James Bond, you like him, he's a hero and everything, and then, you know, he plays a shit heel in the movie. Uh, Mark marries Marnie, although she is a habitual thief and his serious psychological problems. He tries to help her confront and resolve them so maybe he wasn't a heel in this one but i like hitchcock uh and um tippy hedron again <laughs> she was hot back then so this is another one that i might want to go back and take a look at that i missed bruce dern hmm. um always like uh watching bruce dern in anything but um he always has good stories to tell about um alfred hitchcock so maybe I will watch this and then go and see if I can find in some interviews him talking about that. I would imagine this would be uh, one of the first movies that Bruce Dern did with the cock. 
he was in Family Plot, um, a Hitchcock movie, and I think maybe Hitchcock's last movie, and I believe we reviewed that on the show, by God. And then, of course, Goldfinger. Look for the man. He's the man with the Midas touch. He knows so much. Um, and then they changed that into a commercial. Gold label. Um, and then there's the song that I wrote. Stink finger. My um, French horn or whatever is out of tune. Goldfinger has to be second favorite um, James Bond movie, if not right there with uh, From Russia With Love as number one. There's just so much going on there. It's a classic Bond movie. Again, all the gadgets. Uh, the villain is great. Uh, Gert Frobe is Goldfinger. And uh, Harold Sakata the, as Oddjob, who was an interesting dude. Uh, I believe he was from Hawaii, and he was an Olympic weightlifter. And he always played... Uh, a uh, evil um, Japanese wrestler when he was in his wrestling career. Um, Honor Blackman, I always thought she was hottish, pushy, pushy, <laughs> pushy galore. Uh, let's see here. Is it Sek Linder as Felix Leiter? Let me see his face. I don't remember. Well, of course, that's an old picture. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I remember him now in this sec what's his deal see we get off on little tangent tangent things but i find people that i'm become interested in and since the show isn't super structured I have a little structure today but uh, if i see some I'm, you know what i'm saying <laughs> okay among the possible role uh the possibles for the role of wyatt earp in doctor who the gunfighters he was born in poland uh might be Czech, but it's C-E-C, Linder. Um, and he was actor known for Goldfinger, Lolita, and Quartermass, The Pit. And I don't know anything about Quartermass, The Pit. I thought Quartermass was a game, um, a video game or something like that. But I think El Goro has been mentioning Quartermass, The Pit, and and some stuff like that so that's another thing that i again i should have my pen and a piece of paper here which i do but uh, i don't have it ready to go so i don't want to make noise and i'll go back and look um he became famous in britain in 1958 when he took over the role of captain quig uh from hollywood star paul douglas in the live tv broadcast of the Kane mutiny she oh well that's not she. That was James Cagney. But uh, Goldfinger is great. Um, like I said, you have Odd Job with his hat uh, that he throws like a frisbee that cuts like um, statues' heads off and people's heads off. And um, is this the one that has the jetpack? I can't remember. I think maybe. And. Um, They were going to irradiate all the gold in Fort Knox and all kinds of shit. But it was kind of, you know, just your uh, typical um, Bond. Louise Maxwell is money printer. I think from now on, if you haven't noticed, you're probably going to hear some... Um, <laughs> my feeble attempts at Sean Connery's accent as I go through this. 
Oh, how the hell did that get so fucked up? Okay, The Hill from 1965. Now, once uh, Dr. No from Russia with Love and Goldfinger um, were such huge mega hits, um, Connery, of course, he didn't want to get stuck in that in the role of James Bond. And so um, he made a deal with the studio and said, okay, if you'll finance you know, a couple of movies that I want to do, then I'll give you another Bond. And I think it kind of went on like that for just a little bit uh, because he did oh, this fucking chair. He didn't want to do Bond anymore, but he was smart enough to know that um, it was a cash cow and that he could probably get some other movies done that uh, the that interested him or that that uh, stretched his acting ability uh, or showed his acting ability. Um, so he made one of the f first ones was The Hill. And this was a Sidney Lumet uh, directed movie. And uh, this is one of my, well, probably, I, I think that um, maybe Rolf or Stohan asked my favorite uh, Sean Connery movie. Um, I think that this is probably my favorite Sean Connery movie. And as far as, um, it's just a good movie all the way around. It has a great cast. You have, uh, Sean Connery, Harry Andrews, Ian Bannon, um, Alfred Lynch, Ossie Davis, Roy Kinnear, uh, Ian Hendry and Michael Redgrave for the most part. That's the main cast. And, um, Love the story, love Connery in in the role as Joe, uh, Joe Roberts, double, <laughs> and uh, Ian uh, Hendry and uh, Ian Bannon. Ian Hendry's just a total prick in this, uh, and Ian Bannon uh, is excellent. He's the um, nicer one of the staff sergeants. Ian Hendry's a total prick. And then, of course, uh, Harry Andrews is the RSM um, who kind of basically runs the uh, the camp uh, uh, prison camp. It's not a prisoner of war camp. It's a camp for uh, uh, soldiers that out in the desert that have um, either went AWOL or they're under some kind of punishment or, you know, whatever. And there was a whole big thing about how they had to, you know, the actual uh, titular hill, how they had to make that uh, with all this rock and, 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 um, and you know, because it was just sand and rock, but how they had to make it so it would stay up and everything. But, uh, yeah, this is just a really good movie. Uh, it went uh, kind of, it was kind of unknown or not, I don't know if I should say unknown, but, again, people wanted to see Connery as James Bond. And um, the, uh, there were two when, and I've probably said this on the show before, sometimes, you know, of course, feel like I'm repeating myself, but my God, you know, 200 and f almost 50 shows. Um, when, before they had the internet and you could just uh, get like a big catalog for VHS tapes um, out of the back of magazines and things like that. Um, the, when, when they first started doing that and you could first buy the VHS tapes um, and they went as high as like $99, uh, maybe 20 bucks a piece. 
uh, and then certain ones that were newer ones or whatever. I don't know how they did it, but there were some in there that were like 99 bucks. Uh, but the first two movies that I bought on VHS that I still have were uh, Sean Connery in The Hill and Sean Connery in The Offense. And we'll talk about that one coming up, too. That's another one of the uh, movies that he negotiated with the studio to make. Um, so, you know, if they wanted him to continue to do James Bond. Uh, but I love this movie. I haven't seen it in a while. There there for a while, it was on, it was actually on YouTube uh, for free. And uh, I haven't checked lately. I still have it on VHS. Um, it's buried somewhere down in the basement. Um, but another movie that, you know, makes you really appreciate the, you know, how good Sidney Lumet is and, uh, still is. Let's see. Did he die? Sidney. Yeah. Before the devil knows you're dead, I think was his last movie with, um, what's his face? Philip Seymour Hoffman and Ethan Hawke. Maybe need to go back and watch that one. I started watching that one and I wasn't really getting into it. Maybe I didn't really, wasn't in the mood to watch it. So I don't think I ever even finished it. Uh, Gloria, that's probably Sharon Stone. Yeah, the remake. Um, the original of that one, of course, was by Cassav. Well, was it? Yeah, it had to be by Cassavetes because his wife was... Uh, the star of that one, which is really good. I haven't seen the Sharon Stone uh, um, remake of that. Let's see here. Dig it. Motherfucker. You know what I'm looking up now. Gina Rollins. I love her. She's such, she was such a great actor. I still, I'm old, so I want to say actress. Um, but uh, yeah, I love her. I just, her, she just slipped my mind and then I was trying to, but I, I like Sharon Stone. Um, I was thinking about this the other day was um, back in the times. Uh, um, at one time, Sharon Stone was like the hottest woman on the planet. And then there was a time uh, I don't know if before, after, maybe around close to the same time, uh, Kim Basinger was, you know, just the mega hot, um, actress. Um, I think of course, I don't know if I should say of course, but I think Sharon Stone's probably a better actor. I'm not sure other than like, you know, not Kim Basinger got a lot from uh, nine and a half weeks. Kiss Basinger. <laughs> Uh, of course, you know, that was like the hot movie with her and Mickey Rourke, who I got some heat for uh, dissing a little bit. And then, of course, L.A. Confidential, she was in that. And uh, Wayne's World, that was funny. And Batman, she played Vicki Vale. Let's go back down here and see some more Basinger. I, just, I remember her in that movie with Richard Gere out in the bayou where he played Eddie Gillette. And the, the villain was like, I'm coming to get you, Eddie Gillette. And he had that villain had like that kind of weird looking knife that was his trademark. And what was that called? She was in the From Here to Eternity. That was probably the, that was of course, a TV series. But I'm thinking, uh, if I remember, what I think William Devane played the Burt Lancaster part. Hard Country, that was Kim Basinger and Jan Michael Vincent, which I just watched. Um, 
Nah. I'm trying to think when that was. If was that was last year. But that's a pretty good movie. That's a forgotten movie too. Mother Load. That's what uh, I would be delivering to Kim Basinger and Sharon Stone if they were here right now. <laughs> I wouldn't be podcasting. Uh, never Say Never Again with Sean Connery. <laughs> See, it came around. They, you know, it's the, uh, what's the uh, six degrees of uh, Kevin Bacon or separation. Uh, the Man Who Loved Women. Was that Steve Martin? Who was in that? No, that's Burt Reynolds with his... Now, see, his his toupee doesn't look that bad in this one. And he kind of, he had a beard like he had in stick um, and a little bit of gray in the beard. I don't know why he felt that he needed to get his face all peeled and get that shiny face. Uh, the Natural with Robert Redford. That's a good movie. Nine and a half weeks. Uh, that's, that's one of those movies that... Um, you remember it being more sexy than what it is or remember it showing more than what it did. It didn't really show anything. Um, no Mercy is the one I'm thinking about with Eddie Gillette. And I have either a hair in my nose or a hair in my mustache that's curling up in my nose. It's driving me fucking crazy. Richard Pierce directed No Mercy. God damn it. Wait a minute. Uh, where's those tweezers? At? I actually... It's a mana. There. I don't think I got it, <laughs> but I'm going to continue. Uh, I'm a professional. Who is this Pierce dude? What did he do? Yeah. Okay, I knew him from No Mercy. Homicide, Life on the Street. Well, doesn't look like he did shit. Lots of TV. I don't even see where he directed No Mercy. Heartland, No Mercy was 1986, so I was in college. Leap of Faith, that was Steve Martin, wasn't it? Yeah, Steve Martin, Deborah Winger, and Lolita Davidovich. Liam Neeson, Luke Haas, Meatloaf, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Hmm, again, this show is, uh, I'm mining gold here. I did not see this one. Um, I'm not sure, you know, Steve Martin, I'm not sure if this one is like really funny or if it's one of his, cause Steve Martin has been in some really good dramas too. And dramatic comedies that aren't just like his slap stock, slap stock, <laughs> wild and crazy guy stuff. I need to check that one out. That's one I missed. Burp. I like the, the bit of itch. Uh, let's go out of here. Okay. Homicide life on the street, a family thing. What's that? That is Billy, or uh, uh, writer was Billy Bob Thornton, and this is when it's Robert Duvall and James Earl Jones, and um, I think Robert Duvall is kind of like a, maybe like a southern bigot, and he finds out uh, that James Earl Jones is actually his brother. Um, what else is in this? <laughs> That's the music they used to play on Gilligan's Island, like in the when Skipper would be walking around or in, you know coming into a scene. Uh, David Keith is the only other person I think I recognize in this, but you know James Earl Jones and Robert Duvall are usually pretty good. Uh, Earl Pilcher Jr. runs an equipment rental outfit in Arkansas and lives with his wife and kids and parents, and rarely takes off his. Uh, gimme cap. His mother dies, leaving a letter explaining 
Motherfucker, what's she explaining? I had to click to another page. Uh, his mother dies, leaving a letter explaining um, he's not her uh, natural son. He's not her natural son, but the son of a black woman who died at childbirth. Plus, he has a half-brother, Ray, in Chicago. She wants him to visit. Earl makes a trip, initially receiving a cold welcome from Ray and Ray's son, Virgil. Uh, his birth mother's sister, Aunt T., uh, an aged and blind matriarch, takes Earl in tow and insists that the family open up to him. That that might be pretty good. You know, that's a good, that's a good um, you know, an interesting or a, a, a story that, you know, they really could explore some stuff. Some stuff. So other than that, this dude has only done uh, some TV and those movies there. So maybe his movies didn't get over as well as his TV stuff did. Seems like he did a lot of Law & Order, CSI, and um, Witness Protection. Just, you know, kind of cop shows. And let's get out of here. I can't even remember what that guy's name is. <laughs> Richard Pierce. Eddie Gillette. I wonder if there's any information on here about Eddie Gillette. Like if they came up with his name because of a razor. Um, as told... It, uh, in his memoirs, Kim Basinger then uh, Kim Basinger's then husband Ron Snyder found two love letters penned by Richard Gere stashed in a drawer in Basinger's home gym at the end of April 1986, and decided to follow his wife uh, on one of her late night shoots with Gere, track the cheating superstars to a restaurant, and watch them passionately making out in the parking lot in Gere's limo. Snyder later confronted her, and the marriage survived the affair until Basinger started another romance uh, on the set of Batman. That little who? <laughs> She's hot, though, you know. Hey, when you're in Hollywood, I mean, my God, okay. Uh, like I said about Sharon Stone and... Uh, and um, Kim Basinger, you know, at one time Richard Gere was like one of the hottest guys in in Hollywood. So, you know, you're on there and you're you're there's that tension and you know, if your wife's not there on set with you and you have to do love scenes or shit like that, you know what I'm saying. You dick get hauled. <laughs> Oh, pussy, get wet. Your dick get hauled. You know, you 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 got to do what you got to do. Uh, let's see. I did not know that her and Richard Dick Gear, uh, got it on. I wonder if they have a sex tape. I might watch that. It's kind of gross saying that, but it's true. I think most people would watch it. Uh, let's see. Kim Basinger was the only actress who I felt could generate the kind of excitement that, uh, R Rita, as Henry Fonda said in Sometimes a Great Notion, that Rita Hayworth did. That was from, uh, was that Richard Conte? Mm -hmm. No. Uh, const, uh, producer D. Constantine Contes. Uh, Kim Basinger has a kind of feral, inti intuitive intelligence that was just right for Michelle. So that's the thing. She had that, uh, that feral kind of <laughs> intuitive intelligence. And Richard Gehring needed to stick his dick in it. Uh, <laughs> Okay, God damn, you know, there's a lot of stuff on here, but I, I, I can't, you know, go through all this stuff now because this is where I was going on the show. But again, I need to write this down and go back and read some of this stuff because I think on that, uh, I like that movie. I saw it in the theater. I don't know how well it would hold up now because it's, it's very 80s. But still, that's not a bad thing. 
Anyway, Basinger. It's a little hua. So if you were on a movie set with Kim Basinger, you could probably get her. You know, she wasn't uh, beyond... Uh, she had that uh, feral intuitiveness. Blind Date was her and uh, Bruce Willis. And this was when Bruce Willis was first coming off Moonlighting. And he was just going on his uh, little charming charisma smirk, which he did for a long, 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 long time. Too long. Um, but that was the one where um, she had an alcoholic uh, alcohol addiction uh, or, I mean, not addiction. She had an alcohol allergy. And she tells him at the beginning of the date that if she drinks alcohol, she can't drink any alcohol because she, and the way she puts it, she doesn't say she has a an allergic reaction. She says it makes her crazy. So he thinks he's going to get laid. But she gets, like, turns into an obnoxious, uh, so bad that it's, you know, of course, slapsticky. Nadine, I think that's uh, her and Val. No, Jeff Bridges, okay, and Rip Torn. I saw that a long time ago. Don't remember shit about it other than they were, like, robbing someplace. Um, let's see. Who else? Jerry Stiller? Oh. Frank Costanza? Yeah, that's another one maybe to go back. It's only... That's why I don't remember much about it. It's a 5-6, uh, or like a you know, average score there. Now we're on... <laughs> Sean Connery dies, and I'm talking about Kim Basinger. My mother, uh, my stepmother is an alien. I don't think I saw that one. Batman, of course, I saw that with Michael Keaton. The Marrying Man. Kim Basinger was in a lot of stuff. Uh, Alec, her and Alec Baldwin, of course, so maybe this is where they first hooked up. Robert Loggia, Elizabeth Shue, Armand Asante, I always liked him. Fisher Stevens, Paul Reiser, okay. Big John Studd, how about that? Tim Hauser, uh, if it would have said Wings Hauser, I would have had to uh, alert Rolf. Uh, I don't think I saw this one. Kind of maybe one you'd watch with a chick. Uh, let's see, what else we got here? Final Analysis, I saw that one. And that is uh, her and Richard Gere. So I bet you five bucks. Okay, now her husband caught her and Richard Gere like making out and shit, probably fucking in the back of his limo. And it says their marriage survived. But I bet you he really loved that she made another movie with him. I saw this one, though. Psychiatrist becomes romantically involved uh, with the sister of one of his patients. I think that's Uma. Yes, Uma Big Tit Thurman. Uh, Eric Roberts is also in this. Keith David. Now, the other movie I was talking about had David Keith in it. Those are two different people. This is the guy that um, told Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez not to mess with his French fries. Uh... <laughs> but, uh, yeah, okay, I remember this one. This one was uh, kind of hot. Uh, so, uh, but again, not a great movie, but you know, she was so hot that she got a lot of movies, uh, cool world. That's her and Brad Pitt. I have not seen that one. That one's, uh, like half animated, half not animated. And I believe she was animated Brad Pitt. <laughs> I know who he is. Uh, I missed a lot of Kim Basinger movies. You know, like I said, if it, you know, if you girlfriend that Val is with her, the real McCoy. Yeah, that's her and Val uh, and Terrence Stamp. 
A woman is released from prison and an expert bank robber who wants to settle down and go straight, but her parole officer and her former employer tried to get her to pull one more heist. Uh, Kim Basinger. Kim Basinger is a woman released from prison. Uh, who else is in this? Anybody good? I'm sure there's a lot of good people. Nobody I recognize. I saw that one. That was a long time ago. Again, don't remember a goddamn thing about it. Wayne's World 2. Schwing, Schwing. I remember that one. Mary Jane's Last Dance. Tom Petty. The Getaway. That was a remake of the... Um, I feel like I'm talking real fast again, but I, I'm so off track now that I'm just talking fast uh, to uh, get stuff in because I got a lot of stuff to catch up to. Uh, that's the remake of the Ally McGraw, Steve McQueen movie. And, um, you know, they didn't need to remake it. Uh, this is when her and Baldwin started banging. So she went from her husband uh, to, uh, I guarantee you, she probably didn't fuck Bruce Willis. Uh, she might have, you never know. But it said she was screwing somebody on Batman. So I wonder who that was. Was that, it, was, it definitely wasn't Tim Burton. Uh, Jack Nicholson, maybe? I don't know. Do you think Michael Keaton could, could get her? I know Robert Wool couldn't get her. Pat Hingle probably could. Billy D. Williams. I bet you he put it to her. Billy D. Williams and Jack Palance um, pulled a train on Kim Basinger and did DP. That's what I heard. Um, so anyway, <laughs> I'd watch that. Um, she looks like she might be a little wild. Uh, let's see. LA Confidential. That's a good movie. I like that one. Uh, Rolo Tomasi. She was on The Simpsons, and I think she played herself. Uh, Dreamed of Africa. This is when she probably starts going off the rails. She's starting to get older. She still looks hot, though. You know how Elizabeth Shue looks hot? Uh, even though she's older, Kim Basinger looks hot when she got older too. Like really still just beautiful. Uh, Eva Marie Saint. I wonder if that's like one of her last movies. Uh, who else is in this? I guarantee you this movie didn't go over very well. It's got an average. All her movies get, well, no, I shouldn't say that because like um, there's a bunch of them in there that were, got, that were really good. Um, I don't know any of these fucking people. She's in this movie, and uh, Eva Marie Saints, the, probably the only person that I know. Lance Reddick, isn't he from uh, The Wire? Yeah. Okay, I know who he is. I didn't I? Couldn't didn't remember his name until I saw a little picture of him. Very distinct, handsome man. Uh, bless the child. Eight Mile. I, I I'm going to say something right now. I hate Eminem, and I know a lot of people like look at him as like you know from that the generation or his fans or whatever that he's like uh comparable to like elvis or john lennon or somebody like that i don't like eminem i don't like his music i don't like his voice uh my ex-girlfriend thinks he is like a prophet and that he is like a, a poet and he's so good and everything i just i can't stand him i never saw this movie kim basinger plays his mother i believe in this and again she is a hot milf uh, and that's another one. What was her name that was in um, Risky Business with um, Rebecca De Mornay? She was in that Lords of Dogtown movie, and she was still hot, even though she's like the same age as me. Uh, who else is in this fucking piece of shit? <laughs> it might be a good movie. I don't know. I've seen some uh, rap movies that I actually like, but they're most of those are kind of like biopics. 
uh, about like NWA and things like that. Um, I'm trying to think of any other ones. A lot of documentaries I've watched, I've like. I just don't. I don't like Eminem's music. I never got it. I, I like I said, I don't like his voice. Uh, he just that yeah, irritating. Uh, let's see. Door in the Floor was a good movie. That was Jeff Bridges. So from Nadine, they went and they came back. Oh, man, she was still so good looking. Um, that was a good movie. Door in the Floor. <laughs> this makes for a really good podcast. Yep, Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Door in the Floor. Uh, what else? How old is Kim Basinger now? She's probably 60-something, I would think. Let's see. Okay. Professionalism at its finest. It's not unusual to be loved by anyone. It's not unusual to have fun with anyone. Kim Basinger is 66. So see, I could get her now because she's so much older than me that she would look at me and be like, oh, a young stud, even though, you know, it's like, you know, not a young stud whatever she's pretty good looking lady i think she oh and she play she's uh 50 shades darker which those movies as i have said before on sylvan gold podcast are all of them were pieces of total fucking shit I've watched Days of Our Lives, Young and the Restless, As the World Turns, Bold and the Beautiful, and that those were the kind of that's the kind of storyline that this had, and it's pretty pathetic, and they suck, um, you know. But she plays, um, what's his name, Gray. Uh, she's a link in his past to why he is the way he is. Okay, whatever. Who cares? Don't watch it. She's still hot in it, even though she's an older lady. But, you know. Okay, so Sharon Stone. Blah, 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 blah. We did. Somehow we got off on from Sharon Stone to George C. Scott was in um, Gloria. Oh, well, it's Sidney Lumet. So I, I should watch this. Because, like I said, I like the original one that Cassavetes did. Uh, but if Sidney Lumet did this one, you know, yeah, I think this one might be worth taking a look at. I didn't know he directed it. Kathy Moriarty, George C. Scott, uh, who, of course, the little kid. What'd he turn out being a fucking little dopehead? <laughs> Bobby Cannavale is in that. What's this? What happened to this kid? He didn't do shit. Well, he's he was on in uh, uh, Empire. Is that that's not a TV show? That's a uh, that's a movie. With John Leguizamo and Peter Skarsgård and Denise Richards, directed by Franck Reyes or France Reyes. Uh, did not see that one. Don't know anything about it. So we don't need to go off on another uh, fucking sidetrackarama because I got questions to answer and more Sean Connery to talk about. So Sean Connery wasn't in wasn't in any movies with Sharon Stone was he how did I get to Sharon Stone it's not unusual to see me cry who will want to die oh that was before the devil knows you're dead Sydney oh Sydney Lamette that's what got me there okay so Sydney Lamette did the hill he did the devil knows you're dead he was in the Sharon Stone movie uh, Gloria 
And then that took me to Kim Basinger's luscious boobies and that blonde hair. Uh, Thunderball, that was, this is when, uh, of course, the Bond movies, uh, Connery didn't want to make them anymore. Again, they were just, you know, he said poorly thrown together, uh, script being rewritten the entire time they were doing it. And, uh, but it's still, this one has Largo in it and uh, it's still good i used to my cousin david who was probably let's see he's probably 65 now uh or maybe a little bit older than that so he was over 10 years older than me and he grew up uh in the 60s um you know the beatles and all you know that music and everything and he's a musician and uh but he loved james bond and the man from uncle and uh you know this is back back in the day you know when uh if uh james bond in the movie had a jet pack they would come out with the james bond uh like action figure with a jet pack and you could buy accessories and a lot of scuba diving scuba gear which this one has a lot of scuba in it um and this is the one that when they went to make uh wanted connery to come back and make a another james bond movie much much later this story is the story that they used to make um never say never again um because they somehow this one there was something about the rights of course they couldn't they wouldn't let him make any other james bond movies um unless it was like uh cubby broccoli and you know uh they had the rights to everything but there was something about the rights to thunderball that slipped through their fingers or connery had said you know there was something about about that movie that they could make it again but with other people and not under cubby broccoli and his uh that shit anyway this one's still pretty good it's uh not great um adolfo uh Celli is Largo, uh, Domino, Claudine Auger. Um, who else was in this one? Desmond Llewellyn is always good as Q. Uh, Lois Maxwell is Money Penny. Uh, but I love this one still, too. I mean, again, it's one that, you know, uh, not the first one that I would look back up and probably. Uh, As you go along, just like with a lot of uh, uh, franchises, you know, they they start, they're not as good. But this is still good. It still has everything that a Bond, you know, hot chicks, him banging hot chicks, smacking them around, a uh, good villain, and a whole bunch of henchmen uh, that are kind of like cannon fodder, lots of judo chops, lots of gadgets. And uh, the sexual tension between him and Money Brenner. I guarantee he banged Money Penny, and she does. She needed it. She need. She wanted it. Uh, let's see. Uh, new World. Sean Connery, uncredited. A New World. What's that? Hmm. Carlo and Anne meet in Paris and fall in love. She becomes pregnant, but he is reluctant to fatherhood. He just uh, he has an uncredited appearance in this, so I don't know what the fuck this is. Uh, he was probably over there making Thunderball, and they said, "Hey, you want to come over here and make a little cameo?" And he was like, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> you cut the money. Um, 
he's done so many movies. I'm going to take up the whole fucking show just going through this list. You Only Live Twice. I watched this uh, past week uh, when Sean Connery died. This is still pretty good. This is the uh, movie that introduced the concept of the ninja to the Western world and the myth and everything of the ninja, what it became with, you know, buying the fucking uh, ninja stars in the back of Kung Fu magazines and all that stuff that's kind of probably more bullshit than uh, uh, that um, Frank um, Frank Dukes uh, read the book or watched the movie and fucking jacked off all over himself and started making up stories about uh, um, Tiger, Tiger, Tiger Tanaka. Of course, Frank, you know, Tiger Tanaka is a character in you only live twice, and Frank Duke said that Tiger Tanaka was his uh, his mentor and his teacher and all this shit. Uh, Donald Pleasance is Blofeld. I needed a drinky winky, but again, this is still a good one. the The one thing about this one that people always harp on is um, uh, when Bond has to disguise himself as being Japanese, and you know it's kind of silly. Um, kind of almost well I was going to say it's all along the lines of John Voight trying to when he was in his like probably 20s uh, trying to pretend he was like a uh, 50 or 60 year old SS uh, officer in uh, the Odessa file my brain still works sometimes a little bit Shalako is John Connery's venture into the old west um this used to be on um, TBS a lot, too. I don't ever remember watching it. Uh, it had Bridget Bardot in it, who was a sex kitten, the first sex kitten, I think they always would say. Peter Van Eck is in this. I always thought it was kind of weird, you know, like Sean Connery playing a cowboy, but they probably did. I don't know if they did or not, but I'm just saying with his accent and everything, it wouldn't be too bad because, of course, you had, you know, guys from Ireland or Scotland or wherever in the Old West. Um, of course, you had Richard Harris was in the Old West many times. Um, but anyway, uh, Jack Hawkins is always good. Uh, Stephen Boyd, Woody Strode. Uh, but anyway, this is one I was just thinking about uh, today because I was thinking about Shalako. Uh, 19, or 1880, New Mexico, a group of uh, European hunters runs afoul of the Apache, but is aided by an ex-cavalryman cavalryman turned guide. And I guarantee you that cavalryman's name was Shalako. Or is, is it Shalako? Uh, Shalako. And then it has a guy in here, Rod Redwing. Uh, apparently he must be a maybe a real Native American playing Chato's father. So it's Chat oh, Chato is Woody Strode. I was going to say, I wonder if Chato is um, the same character that um, Charles Bronson played. I don't know. Eh, who knows? Move on. I need to go back and watch that one. I don't think it was very good, though. Uh, let's let's fly through some of these. <laughs> he had such a long career. Uh, Fine Madness. I don't think I saw that one. A mad genius and poet irresistible to women, but plagued by uh, writer's block. That looks good. I would still like to see it. I'm, there's a lot of uh, James Bond. There's a lot of uh, Sean Connery movies I missed. Um, the Red Tent, I thought that was pretty good. Uh, not great, but it's interesting, and it's got a nice cast. Claudia Cardinale, Hardy Krueger, um, also uh, Peter Finch. But it's a it's a, based on a true story. Uh, 
Mario Adorf is in that. Do 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 do. And Molly Maguire's we reviewed on the show. That's a pretty good one with him and Richard Harris. The Anderson tapes, good movie. Uh, Diamonds are forever. Not the last of his James, but last one for a long time. And uh, uh, Susan, or not Susan St. James, Jill Ireland is in this, and she is so fucking hot. That red hair. Uh, Mr. Wint and Mr. Kid. That's uh, Bruce Glover, Kristen, Crispin Glover's uh, dad, and Putter Smith. Uh, Bruce Cabot, Jimmy Dean, the pork sausage guy, and Plenty O'Toole, who is Lana Wood, who is so fucking hot. She only had a bit part in this, but my God. Her and Jill St. John, uh, I would be, uh, that would be another The Mother Load 2. Shama. I guarantee you Sean Connery banged both of them. He had a lot of charisma, you know. As Elvis said, I hit him with that crooked, sm- crooked smile and they were eating my asshole. Uh, let's see. The Offense, uh, very good movie. I've talked about that on the show. Uh, Sean Connery playing definitely out of uh, a very unlikable policeman who uh, investigates sex crimes and uh, who starts losing it. But, uh, basically a movie about PTSD before we knew what it was. Or, you know, people used to deny it. Zardoz. Uh, Zardoz is, I believe... Uh, what we're getting close to living now uh the gun is good the penis is evil and there's a lot of stuff in there that's a frankenheimer or not frankenheimer that is a uh, john borman berman charlie berman uh john berman movie um with charlotte rampling who rolf does not find attractive and i do uh sean connery this movie is so dense and has so much going on and such thought-provoking idea so many thought-provoking ideas uh yes um some of the stuff they did uh you know people it's like people make fun of uh like i said deliverance with squeal like a pig or whatever and this and that zardoz you know the only thing people can bring up is sean connery running around in a red jock strap but there's so much going on there that you know uh thought-provoking important uh ideas uh, and commentary on you know the world um, that it's way more than that um, murder on the Orient express of course they just remade that here recently uh, he is part of an ensemble cast in that i like that movie the terrorist i believe that i actually have that on vhs down in the basement but i have not watched it it was on tv at one time and again when i was young i turned it on you know and you're expecting uh, james bond kind of a character or something more it, it was it was um marketed as being like an action movie and it's not at all and that's why I don't think I I don't know if I ever finished it and don't think didn't think it was that good. That's it rates of like a five on IMDb. Uh, what else we got here? The wind and the lion. For you are the wind and I am the lion, as he said to Brian Keith's Teddy Roosevelt. Pretty good movie. It's not historically accurate at all, but it's a very good adventure movie. Uh, and again, it's like, you know, okay, people make fun of it because Sean Connery is playing an Arab shake, uh, but, um, it's still good. And, um, Brian Keith is really good as Teddy Roosevelt. And I think John Huston is in that too. And Candace Bergen, is she, uh, 
Mrs. Pettycaddish. And Mrs. Pettycaddish was actually a man in real life. But this is written and directed by John Milius, so you know it's a macho-ass movie. Um, Going to fly through some of the, the rest of these. Or, you know, Man Who Would Be King, him and Michael Caine, who are, like, really good friends in real life. It's a very good movie. Love seeing those two together. And uh, it's a really, I mean, just an excellent movie. I watched that a, a lot when I was in college. Uh, Robin and Marion, I really like that one, um, uh, especially uh, Robert Shaw as uh, the Sheriff of Nottingham and Sean Connery as Robin Hood, Audrey Hepburn as Maid Marion, Richard Harris as Richard Lionheart, Nicole Williamson, Little John, uh, Delholm Elliot as uh, Will Scarlet. And if you hear a tale from Alan Dale, I used to have a... uh, an album from Disney's uh, animated Robin Hood. And Robin Hood was a fox, I believe. And I used to listen to that all the time when I was a little child. Ian Holm is also in that. Nice cast. It's a story of Robin Hood and Maid Madigan after all their adventures. And they've become uh, like older, uh, not, eh, I guess maybe senior citizens. And they go back to Sherwood Forest and... Um, it's really good, it, especially, you know, it's just a story of, of you know, just getting older. Uh, let's see here. Man Who Would Be King, The Next Man. Um, I've read about that one. I have not seen it. Uh, I believe, again, in this one, he plays a, an Arab, and it has something to do with uh, international intrigue and, like, OPEC and uh, big oil Again, I think this one was also marketed as an action movie, but then when people went to see it, they were like, what the fuck is this? This isn't an action movie. Um, Bridge Too Far, he had a very big part in that one. That's almost like um, um, The Longest Day, a, a big star-spangled spectacular or I shouldn't say Star Spangled. That makes it just sound about America. It's a true story about the Bridget Remagen, which also I think I reviewed the Bridget Remagen with George Siegel and uh, Brad Wesley. <laughs> ben Gazzara, uh, which is a good movie too. Uh, Bridge Too Far is a good movie. over Probably overly long, but it was. I remember when they made it, it was a really big thing. And Sean Connery's role in this is is pretty substantial. Uh, the Great Train Robbery is him and Donald Sutherland. Uh, pretty good movie. Meteor, haven't seen that one. Cuba, I like that one, even though it wasn't a very well-reviewed movie. Uh, Outland, again, that's a pretty good science fiction movie. Assault in the Theater. Time Bandits, he plays King Agamemnon. We watched that one, I think, maybe, and reviewed it on the show. He has like a uh, kind of a... Well, it's a nice little how they do his character if you haven't seen it watch it you'll you'll kind of like it uh wrong is right uh that one uh, i've missed that one too i've read about it in my coffee table book never say never again five days one summer mountain climbing kind of movie of the, the love story uh sean connery stars as fred's uh Zinnemann's haunting tale of incestuous love setting against the magnificent background of the swish alps I uh, have not seen that one. I remember when it came out and it bombed. But uh, maybe I'll watch it. 
there's a lot of them in here I missed. I, I've said that a million times now. He's got so many movies here, people, that, I mean, my God, I'll be going on two hours if I go through all these. I'm already an hour and 20 minutes in. Uh, let's just go over them real quick. Never Say Never Again was, of course, a remake of um, uh, Thunderball. And that's one where I wish he kind of would have uh, came back as James Bond, but uh, he was supposed to be playing an older James Bond. And he could have came back and went without a wig. Highlander was a good movie. We, I think we reviewed that on the show. Uh, there can be only one. And the Kurgan and all that shit. Uh, Name of the Rose, very good movie. Uh, where he plays a monk uh, with Christian Slater young monk uh, who's just like his apprentice and it has a serial killer going around and they're trying to figure out who it is um the untouchables of course he won an oscar for uh, playing uh, jimmy malone how far are you prepared to go uh the presidio i like that one him and mark Harmon and meg ryan i thought it was pretty good he beats up a guy with just using i'm only going to use my thumb uh memories of me i don't remember that one uncredited so okay that one is Billy Crystal, Alan King, and Joe Beth Williams, directed by Henry Winkler. And apparently Sean, uh, Dan Aykroyd's in this. Uh, Sean Connery has a little part in that. How far are you prepared to go? That's the Chicago way. And then he plays uh, Indiana Jones' dad. I thought that was really good. That was one of the, you know, of course, the first Indiana Jones was great, uh, and then this was the third one, and it was also great. And it most a lot of that had to do with Sean Connery being in it playing uh, Professor Henry Jones. We call the dog Indiana. Uh, family Business, I always liked that one. I watched it a bunch of times uh, where Sean Connery is the... Uh, Grandpa with Dustin Hoffman as his son and what's his face as his grandson. Fart noise. Matthew Broderick, who didn't he kill somebody in a car wreck or hurt somebody really bad? He was drunk driving or something. I don't know. Let's not bash the guy because I don't have time to bash. Uh, he fucked Gary Bradshaw. Uh, Hunt for Red October and the Adversary. Uh, it's a good movie. Uh, the Russia House. I love that book. Um, this was kind of, I don't know, La Carre's books. Spy Who Came In From the Cold was really good. Of course, like I've said a million times, uh, the miniseries of Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy, is one of the best things I've ever watched. Uh, this one did not get over very well. I thought it was pretty good, though. I mean, um, Roy Scheider is also in this and Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, I don't know if Sean Connery fucked Michelle Pfeiffer or not. He was pretty old. She was always skinny, but she was hot. Uh, she looked good in a cat suit. Uh, Highlander 2, here's a piece of shit. I think I watched that one and it was so bad, it was not even good. Uh, didn't even, like, they, it's kind of like they made up another story just and didn't really go along because Sean Connery's supposed to be dead, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, meh. That one was, uh, is that Costner? Yeah, fuck him. Um, douchehead wearing a mullet playing Robin Hood. Uh, he just had a small part in that. Uncredited. Medicine Man, I saw that one a long time ago. I think I've only seen it maybe a couple times. Saw it in the theater when it first came out. Um, I remember that it was good. I just don't, um, you know, I haven't seen it in forever. Rising Sun was him and Wesley Snipes. Uh, that was during the time when the Japanese economy was great and they were coming to America and buying up everything. And so it was kind of like a commentary on that whole thing. But it was an action movie. Wesley does some karate. And Sean Connery does a little karate too. 
Uh, Good Man in Africa. I don't think I saw that one. Nope, did not see that one. Uh, directed by Bruce Beresford. Uh, starring Colin Friels and Joanne Wally. I guess that was either, was that before or after she became Joanne Wally Kilmer? Louis Gossett Jr., Diana Rigg, who passed away when uh, we weren't doing the show, I don't think. And uh, boy, she was a very, she was a Mrs. James Bond. Tracy. But uh, it was more like Tracy because it wasn't, uh, well, that sounded kind of like Roger Moore. It was George Lazenby. That was a good movie. I liked that one. And with uh, Telly Savalas' Blofeld. Just Cause uh, was him. Uh, was Sean Connery, Larry Fishburne, and Ed Harris kind of doing a Hannibal Lecter type redneck. Um, that was pretty good though. It was you know not great, but it was it was entertaining. First night was Richard Gere and Sean Connery, and who was the chick in this? Julia Orman. She was good looking, but she's not like a Sharon Stone, Kim Basinger. You know, meh. I don't think uh, Richard Gere would even try. I don't know when he got older though. Uh, I think he, you know, and his dick stopped ruling him. He might have fucked her. He probably did. Uh, John Gilgood, Jane Robbins. I wonder if that's Janie Robbins, who uh, was in porn back in the, uh, like, 70s. And early well, early 80s, too, because she was in some movies with Ginger Lynn. Uh, Dragonheart. He played the voice of the dragon, Draco. Uh, with, um, is that, uh, what's his face? Dennis Quaid. Yeah. That was pretty good. That was entertaining. And it was kind of funny. You know, Sean Connery is the voice of a dragon. Haven't watched that one in a long time. Uh, let's see here. The Rock. Welcome to The Rock. Uh, that's a very entertaining movie that I have watched a million fucking times. Uh, the Avengers. Oh, that was the one with Uma. And she looked so hot in that. Uh, but they bollocksed it. Um Let's see. Ray Fiennes is always good. Uh, Uma Thurman. They made a good cut co- and Sean Connery, but they they went so slapsticky with it. If they were going to remake it, uh, make it a modern day thing, they should have went more serious with it because the slaps are the uh, nostalgia kind of campy thing to me. It just never fucking works when they try and make these shows that were super campy. Back in the early 60s, you know, TV shows and things like that. And then they try and make it with the same camp in a movie nowadays. To me, it just doesn't work. Unless it's a full-blown fucking comedy. And I hate fucking Will Ferrell. And and, I mean, I don't mind him in some stuff. But uh, just, you know, like they talk about like him or uh, Seth Rogen or somebody making uh, fucking... um, six million dollar man or or you know uh like land of the lost or something like that yeah i can understand that but you know this could have been good that was a good cast and they could have made it a badass you know action fucking spy kind of a movie using the same characters and everything but just not making it campy and stupid but i don't know uma looked good entrapment that was him and uh this is when they started kind of making him have uh love interest who were like in their 20s and he was probably getting close between 65 and 70 uh Catherine zeta jones uh she looked hot in this going under the uh electric laser alarm things in her tight pants and her ass up in the air also as ving rames will Patton, uh maury uh i don't know who i thought that said colkin but it's not uh, I don't need to talk about that anymore. That was okay. It was entertaining. He wore a wig in it, had gray hair, and he always had he had a gray wig at least. He didn't like Bert, you 
know, burn his face off. So it just looks like scar tissue and a black fucking head of hair. Finding Forrester, I saw that one time. Meh, I don't give a fuck about that. It was okay. I mean, it was just kind of Gus Van Zant, but it just didn't. It didn't rock my world. A lot of people really loved it. Or really, you know, I don't know if they loved it, but they liked it. And we're getting to the end of the list here. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I watched uh, when Connery died. Simply, you know, people said, oh, there's a lot better stuff you could watch if Sean Connery is like a, you know, because Sean Connery passed away. But it was free. And it, well, was it free? I think it was free. And it was on like uh, Roku Channel or something. It might have been on Netflix or something like that. But it was easily accessible. I brought it up and watched it. Um, it kind of reminds me of Helsing with... Um, Hugh Jackman it's you just have to turn I just turn my brain off and just watch it and it's just fun you know I thought the chick that played uh, uh, La Femme Nikita was pretty good in that uh, uh, what was her name Peter Wilson she was good in that uh, Stuart Townsend as Dorian Gray was good um, I liked it it's kind of a steampunky you know like I said you, you can't overthink it uh, and I know you know I've, I've read the uh, graphic novels too and they're 10 times better but I had fun with it and I, I liked watching Connery. And I think that was probably the last thing that he did. Uh, and so you get to see him in, in his last, playing Alan uh, Quatermain. So anyway, Sean Connery passed away. I was sad for uh, a few days. and uh, But, you know, um, he's always there. He hasn't met on, you know, in anything in a long time anyway. And I'm not saying, you know, but I, I, I'm sorry that he passed. He had a really good long life, and I was a huge fan, as I'm sure a lot of you were. So anyway, we're going to back out of Sean Connery for now. And that was a question, like I said, uh, one of the gentlemen asked about uh, what was your favorite Sean Connery movie. And there's a mil- there's a lot of them. And there's a lot of them I missed that now I, that he's passed, and I went and looked at the filmography that I, I passed over on purpose or just missed uh, because they weren't available. I'm going to go back and try and find Let's see. Let's get in some more stuff here that I have watched because for God's sakes, I'm an hour and 31 minutes in. And of course, Sean Connery to dessert. And so to Sharon Stone and Kim Basinger, and uh, they should have done porn together or at least a hot soft core movie where he's the rugged, uh, uh, older man who does a podcast by himself drinking Gatorade and he pours the frosty glacier cherry Gatorade over Kim Basinger's shaved uh, armpits. No, I don't know. I'm not into armpits. I don't uh, think I... I just said that because I didn't want to say pussy. (laughs) Okay, anyway. Um, I watched... I can't... This is one I can't remember if I talked about on the last show, but I'm going to just... It was probably one of the last movies I had listed around that time, so I'm going to throw it in there, which was Silent Trigger from 1996. Uh, directed by Russell um, Mulcahy, and it stars a young Dolph Lundgren, Gina Bellman, and I think I did talk about this because I talked about how she delivered all her lines like this. They killed my dog. I'm in love with you. I want a ham sandwich. Do you have any bullets in that gun? I have syphilis. Yeah, I talked about this, so there's no need to talk about it anymore. It wasn't very good. Uh, but I will say this. Some people that, that watched it really liked it. Uh, the guy who directed it was kind of like a, a music video kind of a guy. It shows. Um, but it, you can do a lot better with Dolph. Um, especially with his newer stuff when he's an old dude and slow and fun to make fun of. Uh, no, he talks. 
Um, he's not Sean Connery. Uh, watched 2019's Primal with Nicolas Cage. Uh, this was directed by Nick Powell. Um, and this was not what I expected. Of course, you can tell on the cover, box cover art, it's Nicolas Cage in kind of safari gear with, I think, a machete in his hand, walking through the bush, and a big, uh, like a jaguar or something's head is the whole background with its you know eyes behind him. Uh, but this ends up being more of a... almost kind of like a... Um, what was the under siege kind of a movie uh, with Steven Seagal. Um, you have a, a guy who is like a, well, sort of like a Tommy, you know how like Tommy Lee Jones was in uh, under siege, a black ops guy who's really supposed to be really super deadly or whatever. And they're transporting him on a ship uh, back, I think, to the United States. And Nicolas Cage is a big game hunter, not as far as killing him. He captures like monkeys and uh, wild animals to take back to zoos and things like that in the United States or to be studied. And of course, there's this uh, like an albino, I think, uh, jaguar. And uh, if it, it's supposed to not even exist, and if he can bring that back, he gets so much money. Um, um, so anyway, but then, of course, stuff happens on the ship. And uh, like I said, it turns into kind of an under siege movie. This is straight to DVD. You could do worse. I mean, it's what you expect. But uh, Cage is always fun to watch. And it's got a lot of action in it. Uh, nobody else. Let's see. Oh, uh, Famke uh, Johnson Janssen, uh, is in this. And, uh, you know, I always like her. She's, I wonder how old she is now. Famke. I wonder if I could get her. Definitely can get Michelle Pfeiffer's too old. Okay, uh, Famke is same age as me. So, uh, yeah, I could get her because she don't look as good as she used to. I don't either, but I could get her. I'm, I'm pretty confident in that. Uh, I think that's the only person uh, that I know other than Cage. Again, it's on, uh, I think, Prime. So if you want to take a look at it, uh, just watch a kind of a, I don't know if I'd say low budget, so any low budget action movie. Watch 2013's Joe, directed by David Gordon Green, uh, with Nicolas Cage, Ty Sheridan, and um, who else is in this one? But this is good. I, I've seen it before. I haven't seen it in a long time. Again, this one's on Prime. Burp. Um, Really good Nicolas Cage movie. Uh, uh, I like the whole story of it and everything. David Gordon Green. Let me look him up. Daddy-O. Halloween. Uh, that's the one where Jamie Lee Curtis is older. And I did not see that one. What else did you do, Pally? For Christ's sakes. Spit it out! Oh, Joe... Your Highness, your high ass. Oh, I saw that. Uh, your Highness. Yeah, I said your high ass. Natalie Portman uh, shows her little um, perky. Perky's usually boobs. Uh, her little tight ass in this uh, when she goes swimming. That was kind of like a funny movie. Danny McBride's kind of funny. James Franco's always stoned, so he'll try and, you know, eh, whatever. Uh, Zoe Deschanel with her doll eyes that... Um, 
Emily can't stand. Damian Lewis is good. He's usually good. Um, but anyway, uh, I like Natalie Portman. I don't think she's a great actress, but I think she's really pretty. Uh, let's see here. Very, very smart girl, too. I don't think I could get her. I think she's too smart. And she's too young, too. Let's see. No, she's not as young as you always think she is now. Natalie Portman. Because she started so young that you always think she's young, but she's not. God damn it. I put in Portman, bitch. She's rich and smart. Uh, she's a mom, too. She's almost 40. She is 39. Nah, I couldn't get her. If you were in school, like you sat beside her, she'd be the smart girl and nobody would really, I don't think, be paying attention to her. And you could probably get her like way back then. But once she went to Harvard and everything, what the fuck would she want with me? I'm gross. <laughs> uh, let's see. I don't, I don't see where this guy did a whole lot of anything. Hellraiser TV series. Halloween. Uh, was that just called Halloween? Wash away my troubles, wash away my pain. We'll rain Shambhala. Halloween. That one only got a 6.5. Jamie Lee's starting to look pretty, pretty uh, rough. I watched some stuff about Rob Zombie and how he killed the Halloween franchise or something like that. So I, I'm familiar with the storyline there and what happens pretty much all the way through. I might as well watch the motherfucker because they told everything that happened. But this guy, you know, what the fuck's the deal? How come he doesn't make a lot of stuff? He did Joe. Oh, it says he's a producer on Joe. Wasn't he the director? It says director. Yeah. Okay. Let me go back here. This guy had to have done something else, or why would they have given him... You're telling me he did that fucking movie with Natalie Portman, and then they gave him Joe? He did that one after. Land Ho as the executive producer. See, the thing on this that pisses me off is I click goddamn fucking director and the son of a bitch just show me when he's a producer. Oh, bitch. TV, 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 TV. Stronger. I don't even know what that is. Oh, that's Jake Gyllenhaal where he is, uh, I guess, um, uh, is that the one? Oh, yeah, the uh, Boston uh, City Marathon. He when they the guy, those guys set off those bombs, and he gets his legs blown off, and he comes back and runs. And I, I don't know. It's a feel. It seems like a feel good movie. I'm sure it probably is. It's probably good. Jalen Hall's usually pretty good, but I just didn't really. If I, if it happens to show up on uh, like Netflix or something like that, I'll I'll give it a look. Prince Avalanche. Paul Rudd, Emil Hirsch. Two highway road, road workers spend the summer in 1988 away from their city lives. The isolated landscape becomes a place of misadventure as the uh, men find themselves at odds with each other and the women they left behind. Who's the woman they left behind? Tell me it's Sharon Stone and Kim Basinger. Uh, nah. Nobody. I mean, I'm sure one of them's probably hot, but I'm not going to look them up, so I don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? Let's get out of here. This guy, uh, Joe, was really good, but that guy's disappointing. You know? 
Tyler Sheridan needs to get out of X-Men and start making some good movies. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Quarterman. How? Okay, okay. I'm back where I need to be. I was going to say, I think I, I thought I fucked up, but I didn't. I watched Rogue City, uh, or it's all the original title is Bronx uh, from 2020. And uh, this was directed by uh, Olivier Marchal, or Marsal, and it stars uh, Lannick Gontry, Stanislaw uh, Mahar, and Caris. Just Caris, David Bell, Patrick. Catalifo and Jean Renault is the only person that I knew the name of. This is a really good movie. It's on Netflix. Uh, it's a Netflix. I don't know if it's a Netflix original, but it is definitely very good. Hardcore, gritty as fuck cop movie with bad cops, uh, bad villains, good cops uh, dealing with bad cops. Very, very good. I and uh, the the um, Version I watched was in Anglesi. Uh, I believe you can watch it in Italian. Uh, it had the Italian. I, d I don't know if I forgot to turn them off or whatever. It had this Mer or English subtitles on there, and then it was dubbed so you could see the difference in what they were saying. wasn't a lot of difference, but it was still very good. I recommend that one a lot. It only got a 6.1, but I recommend uh, let's see. I don't want to talk about that. That's something somebody else watched and we're very behind on time because I'm only wanting to go like two hours because if I go over that, my back starts bothering the shit out of me. Uh, I Am Vengeance Retaliation. This is the second I Am Vengeance movie uh, directed and written by Ross Boyask. And it stars Stu Bennett, um, who was a former professional wrestler. Uh, he was Wade Barrett in the WWF and, uh, he was, well, he went to and became a, uh, like a play-by-play -play guy on, um, or a color commentator on NWA or, um, power, uh, that the wrestling promotion that Billy Corrigan owned and was running. And he went by his real name, Stu Bennett. Uh, it also has Vinnie Jones in it. Um. The character of John Gold, they have established in the first movie, uh, I Am Vengeance. Uh, he's just uh, kind of a badass, uh, legendary badass special ops guy. And um, he was working uh, kind of as a, see, I saw I Am Vengeance and I thought it was pretty good. But these are straight to DVD movies. And like, again, you, you're getting what you expect. Uh, but I thought the first one was better than this one. This one's another one. If you shut your brain off, it's it's worth a watch, but it's not that great. Um, they they just fight just to fight, uh, and you know if somebody's getting away and they could easily just get get away, but they turn around or kill somebody and they turn around and because they're so macho or you know they'll throw their gun down even though the person that they're going to fight doesn't have a gun and they'll go toe to toe just to see who's better or whatever you know it's kind of silly and it's kind of dumb but like i said i didn't you know regret watching it it's pretty quick it's like an hour and a half finney jones is usually pretty good and and um he kind of has some funny moments in this um he is a guy that did john gold wrong in the past and um but you know like i said you could do worse 
Not not very good, but it's okay. Mile 22, I watched this one from 2018, directed by Peter Berg, starring Mark Wahlberg. Uh, Iko Uwais, uh, Lauren Cohan, John Malkovich, and Ronda Rousey. I'll be honest with you people, and uh, Sam Medina. Uh, was that the one guy I'm thinking of that I really liked? I think so. Yeah, he was really good. Um, he was also in uh, Alita, and he was in Venom, and in Jack Reacher, I think. But um, I'm not having a brain for it. I'm reading. I'm not reading. I'm scrolling. Um, I... Well, the first time I saw this, Wahlberg just kind of got on my nerves, but he's supposed to. I mean, that's his character. He has like uh, a, I don't know if I would say mental illness. It's like obsessive compulsive. He's kind of, they argue throughout like the beginning of the movie what's wrong with him. But he's like a really uh, anal retentive and meticulous. And he just can't turn his brain off as far as thinking about an op and what they should do and where they should go and he wants to get all the information and he's almost like a not like a computer he's like an obnoxious uh co-worker who is way smarter than everybody else but he's such a fucking uh kind of mean annoying jerk but they need him and he's really good at what he does uh, again, as you all know, I'm not the biggest fan of Mark Wahlberg, but I watched this for the second time and I really liked it. I liked it a lot more than I did, I think, the first time. Uh, lots of good fighting, lots of good action. It's pretty uh, mean and doesn't pull any punches and people get killed and uh, good and bad. And I like when it's like that and not like, you know, where you know. I don't, I don't know. I just thought it was, you know, Peter Berg is usually, he, he's, as far as action movies go, um, you know, I, I didn't like Lone Survive. The action in it was okay. I just didn't like the cast in that. Uh, of course, that's Wahlberg, too. Um, Collateral, well, that's Michael Mann, so he must have just uh, produced that one. But anyway, um, Mile 22, I thought was pretty. I, I literally, and I know I'm not, I, I think it's funny because I always rag on Wahlberg and how much I don't like him. But I literally, after I watched it, maybe I was just in the mood to watch a really fucking badass fucking shoot em up action movie that wasn't, you know, cheap straight to DVD shit that had a good budget. I liked it. I liked it. And I, when I, it's only an hour and 34 minutes. And when it was over, I was kind of like, man, I might turn that back on and fucking watch it again. So there you go, Wahlberg movie. Um, the Fixer, um, somebody, I had seen somebody talking about this on another movie group that's outside of our orbit. Um, and I thought I would give it a look. It's 1968, and it's a John Frankenheimer movie. That's one of the first things that made me want to watch it. And I'd never heard of it, and Frankenheimer's one of my favorites. Uh, and it was also, um, it was uh, written by... Bernard Malam Malamud, but uh, the screenplay was done by Dalton Trumbo. So that's another thing. And I like Dirk Bogard, who is um, Alan Bates is the main guy in it. But Dirk Bogard, who I have said on the show a lot of times, I every movie I watch him in, he's always really good. Um, 
in Tsarist Russia around 1911, a Russian Jewish handyman, uh, Yakov Bok, uh, is wrongfully imprisoned for, uh, for a most unlikely crime. Uh, this is pretty good. It's it's long. It's about two and a half hours long. Um, and it's a movie about uh, racism and also about oppression and, you know, inhuman treatment of political prisoners and things like that. Uh, the subject's been covered before, of course, um, but um, I thought it was I thought it was good. I mean, it's worth a watch. I, I'm. It's weird that, well, I shouldn't say weird because I'm sure there's a lot of movies out there I've never heard of or that just haven't had the opportunity to watch. This one, as soon as I read about it, as soon as I see a movie that I've never heard of or haven't seen that I'm interested in, the first thing I do is go to YouTube, see if it's on there for free, and it was. So I watched it on there. So you can give it a look if you want to. Uh, it's a pretty good movie. Let's go out of here. It had another name, but it was like, you know, a different language, and I didn't write it down. So I watched uh, The White Buffalo from 1977 on YouTube. Um, they have movies on there. If you go down on your left, uh, the column that says, you know, recommended for you, music, and then movies. If you go to movies, they have movies on there with limited commercial interruptions. Uh, White Buffalo was on there, and I've seen this one a bunch of times, but I was in the mood to watch Charles Bronson, and I like this movie. Uh, again, this is one where, you know, people can't overlook the buffalo and at that time in 1977 they really you know they didn't have cgi and they you know really couldn't have a real buffalo like spray paint it white and have it stampede and kill a bunch of people because this thing's supposed to be like a giant buffalo um an abnormal thing and then you know it's like okay is this thing real or is it uh uh Charles Bronson, who plays Wild Bill Hickok, has uh, syphilis and it's screwing up his eyesight, but it's also getting into his brain. So also like in the movie uh, Capone with uh, Tom Hardy, you know, and, you know, some people said that they thought Hitler had that, too, where when it starts screwing up into your brain, you start hallucinating and you just basically kind of go insane. Um, and um, at the beginning of this movie, you know, you're kind of wondering, OK, he says he's having these dreams and stuff like this about this great white, this big white buff keeps charging me. And um, this has got a really good cast. Um, I like movies about the Old West uh, where they take like a, um, it's almost like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen where they take real people. Uh, well, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was were fictional people that were in the public domain now, but that they put him in different stories and this is kind of how this is, but they're taking like real people. Uh, Will Sampson plays crazy horse. Charles Bronson plays wild Bill Hickok. Um, and you know, they kind of put them in a, um, in a, um, ah, oh, my neck's killing me. Oh, let me crack. Ugh. I shouldn't have cracked it that way. Made it worse. Ugh. We might have to be wrapping up shortly. Get to these questions, but they put them in a, you know, a fictional story and, you know, just go to town. It says Charles Bronson. Jack Warden's really good in this. Kim Novak is beautiful. Clint Walker is really good. Stuart Whitman, Slim Pickens, John Carradine. Um, Ed Lauder is in this and Martin Cove. And uh, the one dude that played uh, Bernard Posner in Billy Jack is also in this. And he's a dick again. He might as well be playing Bernard Posner in this. 
what was his name? Whistling Jack was uh, Clint Walker, and he was a. Di- That's another one. I, I always saw him as playing like a hero and a big, soft spoken, like, Posey, what kind of name is that for a guy like you? But he plays a dick in this. Uh, I can't find what that guy's name was in real life, and I'm not going to look because I'm ready to move on and get out of this chair and wrap this shite up. Boop. Uh, Barbershop 2, Back in Business. This is pretty good. I like the first Barbershop movie in this one. You know, they're funny. Um, again, they entertain me. Um, has a really good cast. Ice Cube, Cedric the Entertainer. Eve is always good. She's hot in this. Uh, who else is in this one? Uh, on, um, I think on YouTube for free. Uh, with limited commercial interruptions, and it's it's funny. I mean, you know, like I said, um, uh, like the first one, they, they make me chuckle. You know, just hanging out at the barber shop. And okay, that's all I watched. Other than no, I I've been. set up a dash cam and you know some of the horror horror stories some of the people that are really annoying a couple of them i i hate watching the ones where somebody gets attacked i watched one the other day where this woman and she she looked to be maybe uh like in her 50s a kind of a heavy woman and she was driving the uber and this guy just started like trying to you know just slapping her and like uh trying to smash her head into the back seat and started slapping him and you know because they act like a dick and then the, the the people are like okay listen you get out of my car because it's your business and just because they paid you you know there's no uh, reason for that for you to abuse them and then like they'll tell them you know you can't drink in the car you can't have alcohol in the car you can't eat in the car uh you can't smoke in the car And, and most of the time they'll say, you know, I'll, I'll drop you off at some place where you can go inside like a gas station or something like that. But I don't want you in my car. And there's several times where they would tell the people this and the people wouldn't get out of their car. One guy was so drunk, he passed out and he wouldn't get out. And then there were several times where people were just drunk and acting like assholes, won't get out of the car. And he has the, the well, not just he, but there's lots of different ones have to call the cops or one where the guy had a minivan and he picked up probably like six people, three in the very back seat, two in the captain's chairs in the middle and one up front. And the guys in the very back were drunker than hell and they just kept picking at each other. And next thing you know, they start fighting, like wrestling around friendly, but then, you know, it, or like joking around because they're drunk, but then it gets out of hand. And then the guy, the guy in the front seat's trying to keep him under control and saying, God damn it. Will you guys fucking knock it off? But then they really started getting into it. And the guys in the second seat turns around trying to get him to break it up. And he starts punching them and everything. It, I wouldn't want to do that. If I did, I'd want one of those old yellow taxi cabs where you have a lot of space between the back seat and the front seat. And I would have one of those plexiglass things up with the little holes in it on something steel so they can't get to you. 
And uh, like I said, the one the the one guy he he ended up pepper spraying the the person, and uh, uh, one guy stopped to pick up a girl, and she got in the back seat, and this fucking guy was trying to get in there with her. You know, she I don't even think she knew who he was, and the guy that was driving was kind of a bigger like you know heavy guy, but he was an older man. He's probably like fifty or something like that. But he jumped out, man. He was like ready to fight. He told that guy, he goes, "Get the fuck out." of feature you know and he was telling the girl was crying and she was really upset and one guy's um was in the back of the the person's uber and his dog was dying and he was trying to get him to the vet and i think i can't remember where they were at if they were in new york city or where but um he was trying to tell this uber driver you know go around this traffic my dog is dying i got to get him there and, I, and it was like gridlock and he was like you know i can't there's nothing i can do and the guy was getting pissed and i you know you know how i feel about animals and everything but it would be a hard situation, but you know, there's nothing that anybody could do. And he held the little dog up. It was like, looked like a little Pomeranian and it was limp. And, uh, so that was kind of very sad. So I've, I've been watching a lot of those Uber videos. They're pretty entertaining. Some of them are disturbing though. Let me look at these questions real quick here. I wrote down some answers. So, well, sort of did some of them. I just, let's see here. Where's the questions, the ad break questionarium. Bun up, bun up, bun up, bun up. We're getting close to two hours, I think, anyway. Uh, oh, we're right at two hours. So let's get through these questions, peoples. Peepos. Okay, top five Jally. Haven't you asked this question before? Let me go back over here. Bird of the Crystal Plumage. Because like I've said before, I don't watch a lot of Jally. Uh, Dress to Kill's got to be one. I like that one. Uh, I, I brought up a list of Jialli, and then I'm going to look at ones I've seen here. I want to watch Don't Torture a Duckling. It was on Netflix for a long time, and I never watched it. Uh, like I said, I haven't watched that many, so there's it's going to be hard to... Bird of, Christ, of the with the crystal plumage. We reviewed that on the show, and I thought that was pretty good. Tony Masante, I always like him. Um, oh shit! Like I said, I mean, there's just not that many that I've watched. Um, if you include like, um, well, I don't know if Maniac would be a Jolly. Uh, spinels going around killing people but that's more kind of a horror um there's some that one that abel ferrara did uh city of fear was that a jolly maybe kind of um see like i said i i'm already on like uh of these uh, the top jolly and i'm on 21 and i've only seen like one well two of them dressed to kill and the bird of crystal plumage we didn't review that many of them or talk about that many of them either because I don't know why. It's like, yeah. Unless it's um, so sweet, so perverse. <laughs> that looks like something I'd like. Carol Baker, she's okay. Uh, Jean-Louis Trignant. I've seen him in something we reviewed, but I can't remember what it was called. Loaf picked that one out. Dude, that's a bad question for me. Maybe I need to start watching some more. I don't know. I, I like I said, there's a list of uh, of uh, 46 Gialli, and I can only come up with two, and I could have come up with those two off the top of my head. So, anyway, sorry to disappoint. 
on that one. Um, next question was, okay, let me go back here to the questions. God damn it, why won't you stay on the thing that I want? Uh, Polizia, five Polizia. Okay, well, and then it's uh, Edward Finich, uh, Barbara Boucher, or Femi Bonusi. Uh, Barbara Boucher for me. I've seen her in more stuff. I've seen Finich, uh, and she's really hot, but uh, Boucher always has a place in my heart because you could fuck her from behind with her head in a pig carcass, and she is hot. Um, let's see, the Polizia. Go back over here. One is definitely uh, live like a cop, die like a man. I remember that one being really good that I liked. Uh, let's see. Here. I brought up another. So of course, uh, Milano Calibro 9. Uh, almost human. Live like a cop, die like a man. Mad Dog Killer was good. Um Big Racket was good. I mean, there's a bunch of those. I've seen a bunch of them. Uh, Italian Connection was great. Uh, Street Law. Driving down the road. Trying to get a sandwich. Um, Rico the Mean Machine. That was that was entertaining, but you know what? Uh, fucking uh, Christopher Mitchum is such a fucking piece of shit. Right-wing fucking... Uh, dick face john he's like trying to be like john wayne and ronald reagan and i'm sure you know he was influenced by those guys but he's such a fucking dickhead that's an entertaining movie but it's not like a great one uh kidnapped that was pretty good that had uh, what's his face in it eastman violent professionals anything with the uh, yeah it's another one um with um Stuart Whitman, Blazing Magnums. I didn't like that one that much. It was okay, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't anything that I was just like, oh, my God, that was so good. And I think we reviewed that one. Syndicate Sadist was good. I like um, Thomas Melian as Rambo in, in any of those. High Crime. There's a bunch of them there. I, I don't know if I could narrow it down to, to five, but uh, Milano Calibro, Italian Connection, uh, Live Like a Cop, Die Like a Man. Um Street Law, Almost Human. That's eh, five right there. You know, it's, um, let's see what else we got here from Stohan. Okay, I already said about uh, Barbara Boucher. Put a ring on it, movies. Oh my God. I love uh, Miller's Crossing. I love. Um, on the waterfront. I'll think of uh, hmm. Oh my goodness. I love the movie. I've said it a million times. It's not the greatest movie in the world, but uh Adieu l'ami uh, with uh, Charles Bronson and uh, Alain Delon. Um it's just one of my favorites. There's Bronson movies like Rider on the Rain uh, and um well, someone behind the door isn't one of those, but it's still one that I like. Um, love Wild Geese, but I don't know if that's, that's just an old favorite. I don't know if it's like a 
put a ring on it like i would say it was like one of my favorite uh the main one when anybody asks me what my favorite fucking movie is it's always on the waterfront i could watch that one a, a bazillion times i love it i would marry that movie and fuck it <laughs> uh ultimate western uh west european porn star and east european east european porn star the first one that comes to mind is vika uh who was back in like the probably late 80s probably more like the early 90s um i just thought she was just beautiful i mean when you look at like a lot of the porn stars that came out uh in the 70s and 80s uh she looked like fucking cindy crawford or something she looked like she could have been like a supermodel and um, I always liked her. And I think she was from, was she Hungarian or Russian? I can't remember. But I always thought she was just really good looking. Um, Eastern European, uh, there was um, uh, Monica Roccaforte. And I always liked her. And she did a lot of, you know, a lot of Italian movies. And um, there was this one chick, uh, Anne, uh, I think it's Anne Magel. M A G uh, Magali, uh, I think she was Italian too, and then um, Matilda Fessier, I think is what her name, was. this other chick's name was that I thought she was hot. But then she was really good looking, really young, good looking, and then she got this great big snake tattooed on her leg all the way up on her hip, and that just kind of took it. You know, it's like she, if she's supposed to be playing some young, innocent girl or whatever. And then when she takes her clothes off, she has this giant fucking serpent on her on her leg. Um, let's see what else we got here. Any idea why incest is all the rage nowadays, I guess, in porn, incest porn? Um, I wouldn't say all the rage just these days, because back in when you had K Parker movies, when Taboo first came out, there were tons of spinoffs and sequels and everything of Taboo and movies where it was like families fucking and, and all this stuff. It was just like Taboo in the, hmm, was that the, probably like in the early 80s? Um, that was a big thing, man. They had, uh, the taboo movies had a shitload of sequels and then there was taboo American style, which was a totally separate thing other than it was, you know, this, that chick Raven, she was like, uh, man, could manipulate everybody. And she was fucking every, everybody that there was, you know, including her dad and her, you know, which was driving her, uh, mother crazy and everything else. Um, and then. Well, like I said, I mean, I remember like that Aunt Peg, uh, that one movie. I don't know if it was a one just her movie or if it was Seika and Aunt Peg picked her. She was like a Hollywood uh, casting director or something like that or producer. And she picked her niece up at the airport she hadn't seen in forever. And next thing you know, they're like doing stuff and then they fuck John Holmes. <laughs> so I don't know, you know, and like I said, that's, it's a big thing. It's all, it's just a big thing. And, and uh, I know a lot of times on like clips and stuff like that, they won't let them say, they'll have to say they're their step, you know, father or stepmother. But then I've seen a bunch of them where they, they don't say that they'd say, I mean, but none of them are. And that's one thing. It's like, it's a movie and it's 
fiction and none of the people are really related. So, you know, who gives a shit? So as long as they're not, and, and they used to, hell, they would portray people as being underage and stuff. I think that's one thing Max Hardcore got in trouble for is there were some movies where the, the girls in the movies were of age and he would, for everybody that was in the movies, he would have them show their ID on video and say how old they were and everything. And, uh, the girls were of age, but their, their, he, their, his videos were like very, you know, whatever you're into, you're into as long as you're not hurting anybody. Um, and everybody's consent consensual. But, you know, his thing was he's this old kind of pervert guy and he's fucking these girls that look like they're really young. And um, uh, some of them, after a certain point, you know, he would they would say they were just turned 18. So it's like a barely legal thing. But some of them, they would say that they were only like 14 or 15 or whatever. Again, it just, you know, what's decency, what's not. I mean, there's movies, there's major Hollywood movies where they have had um, Brooke Shields, uh, working in, uh, as a prostitute in her mom's brothel, uh, and Keith Carradine is in love with her and everything. And she, at the time they showed her topless and she was only like what, 12 or something. Um, you know, it's a movie, uh, Lolita, um, different movies. If it deals with rape or child molestation and stuff like that, uh, it's a script, it's a movie, you know, so you, you know, as long as the actors and actresses are of age, if they're having sex, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why it's, it's like the MILF thing. Uh, all of a sudden at one point there, I, I saw a, a story on like extra or, uh, entertainment tonight or some mainstream, you know, TV magazine show. And they were talking when, when the big MILF craze hit and they said that was like one of the biggest things on internet porn was like, a older women, you know, and they interviewed, I think Nina Hartley and a, and a few people like that, but I don't know, whatever turns you on, maybe people have a fetish for it and they have fantasies and stuff, you know, <sighs> I guess better that you are doing it in a fantasy than, or, you know, have fantasizing about it than going out and fucking your old mom, old grandma. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's see. Are they still, Rolf says, are they still counting votes? Uh, it's over. Biden and Kamala Harris won. But, of course, uh, Trump's wanting to do a recount in all this, you know, the states that he lost in or whatever. Certain margin. It has to be a certain margin, a close margin uh, for them to do a recount, which is legal, you know, to, to do that. Um, but... There, I don't think there was any of them that the margin was enough. They said any time, I listened yesterday when I was walking to a podcast, and they said any time that they have done recounts in close elections like this, when they do the recount, the uh, usually it ends up, if there is a mistake, it's only like maybe 100 to 200 votes. And I think most of the ones that Biden won there toward the end, uh, were in the thousands. I mean, like, you know, thousand, thirteen hundred, twelve hundred, two thousand, whatever. And he was still getting more on the provisional when they were doing the provisional votes at the end. Uh, the provisional votes usually go more for the Democrats. So he was even just adding on to his lead. I'm just looking at a thing right here. It says White House advisor Jared Kushner told Trump to concede. Uh, that was Newsweek. Um, so anyway, um, 
I don't usually talk about that stuff on on the podcast, but I literally said today, you know, I just when they announced that, you know, Biden had won, uh, that I just literally felt like I could fucking finally breathe. I mean, 12 years or 12 years, four years felt like 12 years um, of that shit. Um, hopefully never again. And I, I wish they would get rid of the Electoral College because every other election we have in the United States is uh, the majority rules. Whoever has the most votes wins. And they have this Electoral College set up to, you know, uh, I think the last couple of times uh, the, uh, the, the fucking person that lost had like, you know, millions more votes. So that's just not right. I mean, you know, if you say it, if you're at work and there's 20 people in your unit and you say we're going to either order pizza or Chinese food, raise your hands. Who wants pizza? Two people say they want pizza. Eight people say they want Chinese food and they say, okay, uh, we're getting pizza because two people said they want it. And they sit on this side of the room and that side of the room special. So we're going to, they're, they're, they're going to get pizza. Uh, land does not vote. And they say, well, you have to have that or or the um, California, New York will decide the fucking election every time. I don't give a fuck. If you have South Dakota and there's 500,000 fucking people there and you have California and there's fucking 5 million people there, they shouldn't, it shouldn't, one person, one vote. That's it's fair. You know, they used to do it in that way with the Electoral College back when people had to ride horseback to get to the polls or to take the votes to Washington, D.C. or whatever. Uh, it's out of date and it can lead to minority rule. And when I say minority, I don't mean by race or whatever. I'm talking about the amount of people. And then you have these fucking dickheads that have this idea that they're scared old fuckheads, they're bigots, they're homophobic, they're hateful. Um, and the ones that went along with this shit um, are just as disgusting <clears throat> as, you know, like I said, I don't want to get into that that much anymore. You know, hopefully uh, everything will get back on track as, and we weren't perfect before. Uh, there's a lot of stuff we need to work on and people need to realize it's not a hero worship pos uh, position. They are our employees and we need to hold their feet to the fire. We need reform as far as lobbying goes. Uh, we need um, we need also to do something about this, how they have manipulated and packed the fucking court system. Uh, we need to do something about term limits. These fuckers get in there and they never get out. They gerrymander the fucking states to where, you know, it, they could be the biggest piece of shit in the world. They'll never get out. I don't still don't understand how you could have the poorest fucking state in the country or one of the poorest in the country. And they keep electing this fucking piece of shit who is the biggest scumbag on the fucking planet Earth. But any, again, like I said, that's politics. Um, what else do we have here? 
Uh, I could rant on that for a long time and uh, about some of the stuff that's been going on. But best president uh, and movie president to me was Henry Fonda and Failsafe. I love that movie. Uh, I thought he was really good in it. And um, uh, it's one of those ones where you're like, man, I, I wish he was, you know, if. But that's a, it's a character. Henry Fonda might have been a fucking piece of shit. Uh, worst president, movie president. Uh, to be honest with you, I didn't you know, sit there and go over it too much. Uh, I thought that Anthony Hopkins was really bad as Nixon. Um, it's an Oliver Stone movie and Oliver Stone hated Nixon. And I wasn't the biggest Nixon fan either, but I just didn't think he was cast very well is what I'm saying. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just, Anthony Hopkins is a really good actor. I just did not think that he was right for that part. Uh, what are your thoughts on Fred Ward? I like Fred Ward. I always have. He's kind of disappeared off the planet. I, I liked him in uh, Southern Comfort, uh, Remo Williams, uh, The Right Stuff. Um, lots of stuff he was in that I, I used to watch. He was one of those guys that uh, if he was in something, you know, I wanted to check it out. Um, he was kind of like uh, Scott Glenn. Um not your typical um, guy as far as good looks go, but he he had a lot of charisma. And he's a good actor, so he and he was in some good movies. So he got over, and they started putting him in a lot of movies and giving him, you know, uh, uh, lead roles. Uh, I think. Rolf, I'm thinking, watch Time Rider, The Adventures of Lyle Swan. I thought that was pretty entertaining. I haven't seen it in forever, though. I, I, I mean, I haven't watched it in a long time. Uncommon Valor with Gene Hackman and Red Brown, uh, Tex Cobb. That's a uh, Tim Thomerson. That's a, always a fun movie to watch. Uh, a good movie. Um, Henry Miller or Henry and June, where he plays Henry Miller. I saw that one a long time ago, and I haven't watched it since. Uh, the, just one time. Um, uh, it's, was kind of one of those ones, not, I mean, it's a true story, but it was kind of, uh, marketed as kind of like a nine and a half weeks or something like that, where it was really, you know, sexy and, you know, erotic or whatever, which Fred Ward, you know, you don't think of him as anything like that. Miami blues with uh, Kim Basinger or not Kim Basinger, Alec Baldwin, where he has the kind of rotten teeth and he plays a detective. He was pretty good in that. Uh, the Lovecraft movies cast a deadly spell. Um, he was good in that. Um, I would like to see that movie and the Dennis Hopper movie that, you know, was also the Lovecraft movie that HBO did. I think they were the same character, uh, detective or whatever. Um, I would like to see them redo that with all the CGI and everything that they could do now. Thunderheart was good with um, Val Kilmer and Sam um, Shepard. That was a good one, and uh, but he kind of fell off the planet. I don't know whatever happened to him. Let's see what we got going on here. See what else he his personal life. Hmm. Denzel Washington. Oh, he was in that movie with Denzel Washington, Mark Wahlberg, Two Guns. That one wasn't very good. I didn't think. I didn't like it that much. I saw it once and don't really remember a ton about it, and don't really plan on seeing it again. Um, yeah, he just kind of, I don't know, he's getting older and he kind of, he's seven, well, he's 77, you know, I mean, Sam Shepard, they were, those guys in the right stuff, you know, we're all getting old. Um, Sam Shepard passed away, Ed Harris is, you know, getting pretty old and, uh, 
Dennis Quaid and all of them. So, you know, maybe that has something to do with it. Um, but I like uh, Fred Ward. I always liked him in, in the movies. Uh, let's see. Do I do uh, movies or on physical media anymore? No. I even go to Walmart now and I'll see the big bin and they're getting cheaper and cheaper because people are getting away from it, I think. Uh, but I still, I'll look through and I just like, I don't need it. I'm, uh, I have so much stuff now that's just taking up space and I don't even take it out and look at it because everything's so readily available online that, you know, I don't know. And, and again, like I said before, I used to watch a lot more of the stuff that I have when I had it right out there. But then when I boxed it all up, it's just sitting there. It's taking up my closet and taking up a bunch of space in the basement. And I never even look at it, never get it out, never, you know, even think about it. So, you know, maybe one of these days they'll like loaf, they'll go to whoever either wants it or go to Goodwill. I don't know. Um, will Sylvan Gold Karaoke ever be a thing again? <laughs> I love Silva and Gold Karaoke. I'm sorry, but I mean, you know, people just didn't give a shit. And uh, we were giving away free stuff. Uh, I'd go out and buy stuff to give away. And people just didn't fucking care. Justin fucking always was. Justin won all the time because he was one of the ones that would send stuff in. It was funny. You know, I don't know. Um, I literally, I mean, th this was so long ago, but I, the last, the last one we did, um, I like, I can't remember what I bought, like some stuff to, you know, send people and stuff and nobody even, and I loafed me and I was so, I was pissed. I was like, and, and it's not a big thing, but, um, it's fine. I don't, I don't care anymore, but like, like I said, usually when you're giving some stuff away for free, you know, <laughs> and you know, everybody has access to a microphone and, you know, something to record with and shit, and people just wouldn't do it. So, yeah, I guess the days of Sylvan and Gold karaoke are over. Was Ash in uh, Evil Dead's uh, look based on Robert Preston and Whispering Smith? In the end scene, he even has the same shirt. Well, I've seen Evil Dead and uh, Army of Darkness, but I don't know if I... Let me look here. Robert Preston. I liked Robert Preston in... Uh, Victor Victoria and then uh, Junior Bonner and let me look and I will tell you what I think it takes a lot of trees to build a fort one heck of a lot of trees to build a fort so we'll cut them down and strip them bare and stick them back up in the air that's the way you save your hair you build a fort <laughs> fart noise whispering Smith. Oh, yeah. Well, it kind of looks like it. I see the shirt right away on the... Um, I always liked those old cowboy shirts that had the two rows of buttons. It almost had like a flap in the front. I think John Wayne had one in Stagecoach when he played Ringo. Uh, and had the, the... It had, like I said, like a flap. And John Wayne would unhook one of the corners and it would kind of hang down. He looked really cool. He had a lot of charisma. A lot of... Uh, he was uh, the camera... Really loved him. And when he got old and fat, they still, you know, he still, he wore a wig. Uh, yeah, well, I'll tell you. Okay, there he is. And now let's look at Ash. And that was Loaf's dog's name that went uh, with the, um, his, in his breakup. I don't, uh, let's talk about something else. Uh, let's see here, Whispering Smith and then, 
Evil Dead Ash. I know exactly what you're what you're saying, Guh. Well, I don't know. I mean, hmm. There's an Ash uh, six scale figure. That's really cool. Man, some of these um, some of these figures that they can make now. God damn, man, there's some Charles Bronson and some different ones like that, for, and they ha make them from each specific movie. I would love to have those. I need a uh, 3D printer. <laughs> you can even see Ash's titty, his nipple, and like the hair on his chest. Like when they, that was one thing in comics um, when X Men first started up uh, with the new team with Wolverine and everything. I don't know if it was Byrne. I think it might have been John Byrne. He actually started drawing like hair on the chest and on Wolverine's like forearms and shoulders and stuff. And I remember uh, Wonder Man, he got blasted by, I think, Grim Reaper, his his like brother or half-brother or whatever. And it it just shredded his um, uniform, the, the first uniform when he came back and he, from being a zombie and all that stuff. I think, or was that when he, when he, yeah, because then the next uniform was the one that was real colorful that people always make fun of. It had just hodgepodge of colors, but he had hair on his chest too. And before they would never have hair on their chest. And that's the same with movies. I mean, I remember William Holden saying all these movies he was in, they would make him, when he was young, they would make him shave his chest. And then like David Jansen and William Holden later on, he always had like fucking long gray hair hanging out of his shirt. David Jansen always had fucking hair hanging out. Tom Jones, I mean, he wasn't in, well, I think he was in a, he was in that, um, was it uh, Invasion from Mars or whatever, where Jim Brown punches the Martian at the, with the uh, big bubble on his head. I think uh, Tom Jones was in that. It's not unusual to see me cry, who will I want to die? And Whispering Smith. That's, uh, what was John Wayne's name when he did the, that's singing Sandy, the singing cowboy. And it was dubbed. I mean, John Wayne was acting like he was singing, but it was like, I'm going to take three steps toward you and shoot your ball sack off. Let's see. Um, ma, ma, ma. Oh, 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 oh. If you like it, then you ought to put a ring on it. I was just actually looking up uh, Ash from Evil Dead and Whispering Smith in the same Google search thing, and I don't see anybody. Th well, nah, I'm just scanning real quick because it's about time to close up shop. 2.29. I went 29 minutes over <laughs> what I said I was going to do. Um, it looks pretty close, but I think that um, the Whispering Smith, the reason that it is, uh, it looks more like a cowboy shirt because it's kind of more made for the period like uh the guy said in outlaw josie wales it's a Lindsay woolsey shirt where they the way it's woven is more primitive maybe not eh i think ash's shirt's a little darker it's darker blue alan ladd uh, robert preston okay well i'm looking at alan ladd are you talking about alan ladd's shirt or you said Robert Preston, but that's Alan Ladd. By God. Whispering Smith. Robert. Robert. Double Robert. Get up that hill! 
And I like uh, Sean Connery was like, what are you testing me for, stud farm? Let's see, Robert. And that Robert Preston shirt in that is plaid. I think you're mistaken, my friend. I think it's Alan Ladd's shirt. Uh, yeah, Robert Preston's shirt looks plaid. And he kind of looks like, um, oh, what's his face? The comedian that got killed in a car wreck with the mustache there. Um, God damn it. What's his name? Not Lenny Bruce. Um, One heck of a lot of trees to build a fort. Who am I thinking of? He was in a movie with John Wayne. Uh, was that North to Alaska? North to Alaska. We're going north. The rush is on. He played a heel in that, I believe. North to Ernie Kovacs and a Capuchine. God, she was so beautiful. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. I think she was, uh, wasn't she with William Holden when he cracked his skull open and got killed? North to Alaska, we're going north, the rush is on. Johnny Horton, he was the one that sang, Boot Hill, Boot Hill, so cold, so still. Why earth they say saved a holiday, gunfight at OK Corral. Okay, okay, god damn it, I need a sandwich. <laughs> um, okay, so North to Alaska. I'm not going to get into North to Alaska, but that was uh, a kind of a funny Western along the lines of like uh, Chisholm. Or not Chisholm, Chisholm wasn't funny. What was the one that John Wayne did that was funny? McClintock, yeah, because that was the one where Maureen O'Hara was I think his ex-wife and uh or no maybe it was yeah it was his ex they were still married but she got pissed or something and left him or whatever and he was like I think fucking the maid who was like a Hispanic lady or a I'm supposed to not say Hispanic what am I supposed to say that Latino uh but I just remember in McClintock John Wayne put Maureen O'Hara over his knee and spanked her ass with a coal shovel. <laughs> it probably sounded like pang, pang, because her ass, she probably had a fucking uh, a uh, chastity belt on. Nah, she was probably, she was one of those chicks that would punch you in the arm and it would hurt, but you couldn't show it, but it would hurt like really bad, I bet. And John Wayne was probably drunk a lot. Uh, I like Stuart Granger. I always liked him too. He was in that. He was uh, him and uh, the Duke, I think, were vying for the feelings of um, uh, Capuchine. And he was Sir Edward Matheson in The Wild Geese. Sir Edward. And, you know, I went to on uh, YouTube, uh, the free ones with limited commercial interruption. I was going to watch uh, uh, Killer Elite with De Niro, Statham, and what's his face? Uh, not Guy Pierce. The um, guy that was in the neck. Uh, oh, uh, Clive Owen. And um, when I started watching, it even had the box cover art for Killer Elite. And when I started watching it, it was the goddamn um, 
one with uh, James Caan and Robert Duvall and Mako and Gig Young. Uh, the the Killer Elite. I think this one's just called Killer Elite, and the other one's called The Killer Elite. So they fu- somebody fucked up. But I saw Clive Owen in something the other day, and I didn't expect it. What was he in that I watched? And I was like, oh, fuck, there's Clive Owen. It was something that I watched. Uh, I can't believe I got fucking banned from Facebook for posting a picture of Natalie Portman from Closer when she had the pink wig on and was trying to, she was stripping for him. And she wasn't even naked. She had a thong on and her and a, and a bra, sparkly bra. Oh, Gemini Man. Okay, I didn't know he was in that. And then when I watched it, that was a pretty good movie. I talked about that last time. Okay, anyway, uh, Clive Owen doesn't look like he has. He's filming Lizzie's Story, which looks like a, uh, it's a TV series. What's that? A widow becomes the object of a dangerous stalker obsessed with her husband's work. Joan Allen, Dane DeHaan, Sung Kang, Jennifer Jason Lee, Julianne Moore, Clive Owen. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck that is. Blech. I guess I know because I just said it, dumb fuck. Uh, American Crime Story. Oh, that was, uh, wait a minute. What's the one he's going to be in? That was the one I watched about Gianni Versace. But there's a new one coming out. And what's it about? The Hunt for Spree Killer, Andrew Cunanan. Okay, I watched that one. Was Cly- oh, Clive Owen was in that one. He was uh, uh, Gianni Versace's lover, I think. Uh, his like, guy that uh, he lived with. Okay, I forgot about that. I was going to say, uh, that's a good uh, series. They did the OJ one. And uh, I'm curious if they're going to do any other ones. I think that was OJ, Gianni Versace, and... Okay, there's OJ. What was the other one? What was the middle one? Some bitch. I don't know. Whatever. I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> 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 Wait a minute. Maybe there is a third one here, and I just fucked up. And let's see. Story. Oh, oh. Story of the impeachment of President Bill Clinton. Beanie Fettelstein will star as Monica Lewinsky. With Sarah, uh, Sarah Paulson as Linda Tripp, uh, Annalee Ashford as Paula Jones. The season will be based on Jeffrey Tubin's book, A Vast Conspiracy, the real story of the sex scandal that nearly brought down the president. Well, he's playing the fucking Slick Willie. All men must help someone, help someone. Who would never take... Clive Owen is playing Bill Clinton. <laughs> That's kind of, I don't know. You, eh. He could probably pull it off. He's a good actor. Ann Coulter. Betty Gilpin as Ann Coulter. What was she in? Yeah, The Hunt. Okay, and she was in Glow. Oh, the girl, the woman that was in Glow. The one that was, she's probably the main one in Glow. Uh, and she was Stuber. Paula Jones, Monica Lewinsky. Matt Drudge is Billy Eichner. And he was in. Oh, I gotta go to the bathroom. Okay, and it's time to quit anyway. Why am I? Why am I still talking? Okay, people. Uh, just want to know. I appreciate all the feedback. Appreciate all the questions. I gotta go to the bathroom real bad. So I'm gonna uh, wrap it up. 
and then I'll come in here and I'll do all the stuff and get this posted. And hopefully this this uh, week, it will not just keep re-uploading when it is finished. And I'm going to keep an eye on it when it gets close to the end. And I will stop it like I did last time. So it will not do that. Anyway, uh, it's Dr. Zom saying I got to go to the bathroom. And I will talk to you all probably in about a week. Boop, boop.